This week on episode 56 of Tapping In, we are going to talk about how does your jiu-jitsu change as your life changes? And we're going to talk about a lot of changes that are going on around us in the world and how we're adapting with them. How are we feeling about them? Listen, it's okay to say you don't like something. It's okay to say that you do like something. It's okay to be yourself. And that's part of change. That's part of changing in life. It's part of the changes that happen in your jiu-jitsu. How do you start doing new positions that you probably didn't like not too long ago? How do you go back to the ones that you used to like? How does your game change as you change? This is Tapping In Episode 56. Enjoy the show. One and go. We are live. One, two, three, four. Oh my goodness. Roy, we're starting late. How's how's that eye of yours? (laughs) (laughs) Bust it up, dude. You know what's wild? I'm going to tell you a true story. You look like a tough guy with it, though. I know. You want to hear something amazing? <laughs> yeah. Uh, 16 years of yeah. Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Right. And that includes, you know, a little stint of uh, some MMA. I've only had two black eyes yeah. in the whole 16 years. <laughs> and the first one. Did Dan autograph that, by the way? Dude, the first one I got, <laughs> the first black eye I got was from my MMA fight. Okay. So, you know, so it, I was getting punched in the face. It comes with the territory. Yeah, but this this is worse than that one. Yeah, this is a nice shiner. Oh, dude. And it's funny because, uh, you know, I know he listens to the podcast. But it's like, <laughs> Danny. It, it, it's pure irony because Dan is one of those guys who like, you know, he's, you know, one of the older guys making his way back, mm-hmm. and, you know, slowly coming back in. And one of the things love with these guys guy. is, oh, I love him. And he's one of the one of the originals. But, you know, when, when uh, the COVIDias happened, a lot of these older guys saw that the school got younger. And it mm. got, for me, this is what I truly believe. Right. You know, got a little intimidated. Yeah. You know, like the old vibe, the older dudes, yeah. you know, tight classes. But it's sure. like, man, like yeah, we got to run a business. I'm not trying to <laughs> say in a little, you know, 1,500 square foot space. So now all of a sudden COVID happened and it's like you come in and the average age of the students is like 23. Yeah, yeah. Where it used to be that. like 35. Right. Yeah, I, I see that. So, I know what you're talking about. So now, you know, you know, what Chris Balding did, Coach Chris, he created that 6.30 a.m. class. Amazing, amazing. Crushing it. Yeah. All right, they got their own little thing, the little breakfast club. They all come in here. They all have extremely busy careers. Every one of those guys are sharp dudes. Yeah, they super really sharp, are. busy careers, yep. married, kids. Like, they're they're grown men. Grown-ass men. Grown-ass men. They're yeah. not the guys trying to get an, uh, get their, uh, you know, ACL torn because you know, <laughs> Manny's getting ready for a tournament. Exactly. But, you <laughs> know. That's exactly the way to think. Yeah, that's the sure. way it is. They're like, I'm not going to get. But here's the thing. That's such a wrong mindset to have yeah. because you think these young guys are going to attack you. And I tell them, I'm like, they're they're going to work with you. Yeah. They're going to make you better. I roll with so, every single one of the young guys. All the time. And they, to a man, and I'm listen, I, I don't want to kiss ass completely here. Every single one of those guys, call them the under 25 crowd, the under 27 crowd, just great guys. And they're cool about it. They're not looking to kill you. On no. the mats and this and that. They'll pick something in their game that they want to work exactly. on. Exactly. And they'll be like, let's play, or, you know, they'll play toward your strengths. And they're so smart. Fucking yeah, A. Man. And they like, do a good job with it. And then they'll sit down and they, like, they do it the right way. I don't know how the hell they got to be. I mean, I'm thinking of like Evan. I'm thinking of Manny. I'm thinking of Max. I'm thinking mm-hmm. of Brian. I'm thinking of a bunch of these the younger Jack, guys. Jack, Jack, exactly. Jeff. Just great. Felicia. Like all the young they ones. They work hard. They they're trying to expand their game, but they're Cote, cool. Leo, yeah. all of them. How old is Cote? 
He's got to be like tw- probably like 24, 25. He's that young? He's wow. getting good, man. He's no, I know he's, he's, he's getting really, tough. really good. He's a tough guy to pass, the whole mm-hmm. thing. But more than anything else, they work. I mean, it's just so mature. I was such an idiot at that age. So, but listen, so going back to that, so <laughs> these older guys are, you know, uh, some of them, they're, they're starting to show up. They're starting to show up a little bit more. Okay. Uh, I think because. You know, I see, once, I once see T.O.B. Start, every now and then. T.O.B.'s been coming in yeah. a lot. You know, Dan's making his way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jensen's making his way back. Yep. They're all making their way back because they realize, right. like, they miss it. Yeah. And as as great as that 6.30 a.m. class, it's like, dude, like, get in at nighttime. You know, come train with the team, with everybody. So Dan was one of those guys that I think was genuinely just didn't want to risk getting hurt. And I think he actually got a black eye mm-hmm. when he was training for a tournament. Uh, so he had to wear makeup. And that's one of his things. Like, he doesn't want to get hurt. Well, he wears guy. makeup anyway, so. Yeah. I don't want only on Tuesday nights, though, right. they role play. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've been a it's naughty my, boy. It's my night to wear the makeup. <laughs> Say, oh, no, teacher. Do I have to stay after school today? Anyway, what accent was that? I Jesus don't know. Christ. Dude, I'm tired. Let's even get into my work schedule this week. I'm exhausted. All right. It only happens about three, four times a year that this happens. But it's like it's like the 10 days that I just hate. Yeah. But anyway. So now here I am rolling with Dan, who doesn't want to get any black eyes, right. doesn't want to get beat up, doesn't want to get hurt. What happens? Knees me square in the face. <laughs> and now I got a black eye. Meanwhile, I've been training for the last three years with no these problem. young bucks. No, no problems problem. at all. Exactly. Yeah. But that's the way it goes. You said something tonight that was interesting too, though. By the way, if I'm a little skitzy tonight, I got kneed in the back of the head by Reese. Oh my God. Well, Reese is 15, so he's <laughs> just he's neat. still trying to figure out how to move his body. We're, we're trying. I wasn't even a roll. We were just like doing the technique, and he just kneed me in the back of the head, and I'm like seeing the stars. Thank you, pal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> He'll learn. I hope so. He'll learn. No, but you said something tonight when you uh, get the guy that says, oh, my shoulder's hurting. You know, don't go for like a Kimura. Don't go for this. Oh. And then they go for it on oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, like, I, like it, it goes, you know. It's one of those things that you think it should go unsaid, mm-hmm. but the reality is, people do it all the time. It seems like, like dirty poker. Yeah, they're like, "Hey, just uh, you know, heads up, my shoulders a little beat up, <laughs> right. so maybe avoid." You're like, all right, cool. <laughs> then you slap hands. What's the first thing they do? Ripping Kamoras. Right. It's like, all right, like I get it's like a gentleman's agreement, but for me, it's just like if you take something off the table for me, yeah. It's off the table for you, too. Right. Especially when you get to, like, leg entanglements. Because I've trained with guys who are like, hey, my knees are beat up. You know, know, don't go for legs. And I'm like, okay. And then they go Ashi right away. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) It's like you realize my defense to this is attacking your legs, right? Like, it's not the way it works. (laughs) My neck's beat up. Stay away from chokes. They go for a collar choke right away. Right. It's like, um, I need to pass. I got to do something. And you do, and you turn to them and you're just like giving them a look like, dude, what are you doing? Come on. Okay. Come on, man. Like, come on. You, you told me not to hurt you, but you're forcing me to have to hurt you. That's exactly it. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, this whole week has been pretty interesting. My kid started up school again and he's telling me he has a crush on a Dominican girl. So I'm very, very interested to see how that plays out. You better be careful. <laughs> What do you mean? Well, they're very like excited. he came home and he started calling me Poppy. Oh boy! So I didn't know. <laughs> well, he's gonna get hooked. He's gonna fall in love. Oh shit! He's gonna love how spicy she is, oh, how yeah. exciting she is. Then he's gonna piss her off. Oh no! And he's gonna fear for his life. 
He's going to fear for his life. They're fiery women, the Latinas. Is that the deal? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I should know. I grew up in a house with five of them. Mm. Now Interesting so, times uh, in my life. I'm sure it was. Like, <laughs> but now, were they, they weren't dating girls, were they? No. Like no, no. like your sister and, and your mom and, uh, and your aunt? No, no, no. They, they weren't, weren't like out on the town all the nah, time. No, they weren't out on the town. Um, but growing up with them, I started to learn their ways, the way their mind now works. Did, would you say they had a sort of like a limit or were they just off the, like, uh, going off, like right off the bat? There was a limit. The problem. Like, was, were they passive aggressive or were they more? No, like, there was, no, they'll there tell was you a, how they feel immediately. Set, there was a set limit. Mm-hmm. The limit just wasn't much. <laughs> right. You know, you know, they got set off pretty quickly, you you know, especially because I was like a child. So, uh, but I learned to navigate, traverse those waters. Yeah, you were the, the lone testosterone in the it's, house. It's funny because when I remember when I was getting married, people were like, so you ready to get married? You ready to have a wife? And I'm like, yeah. That's my life. I'm like, dude, one Italian broad, easy. Cakewalk. <laughs> you see what I grew up with? I was like, go meet my mom, then meet my aunt, then meet wow. my sister. Good luck. I was the exact opposite. It was all guys in my house, and my dad was an alpha dad. And so my mom's like just completely shut down emotionally. Anytime she would cry or something like that, we'd just walk away. Like, yeah, or like, mom, cut it out. You know, that kind of thing. Dude, I was, I was buying feminine products when I was like eight years old. So okay. like, go in there, I need this. I, need, I knew the difference too. <laughs> right. <laughs> I knew the difference. I was okay. like, well, you know, overnights, heavy days, flow days, Jesus. low flows, light flows. The pink ones, the blue ones, the yellow ones. I knew. I still Because if know. I got the wrong one. Oh, you'd hear it. I'd hear it. <laughs> I told you I need it. And I'm like, sorry, I'm eight. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid growing up, I'd see comedians and like people, like comedians or like, you know, television shows where like the guy was always like, oh, like real awkward about buying it. Yeah, that's the old watch joke. Be like, like, like he goes in to buy condoms or something like that. Yeah, I'd yeah, be like, so. why is that weird? Exactly. I'm, like, I'm like, I go, I, I fucking buy tampons right now. Yeah. I mean, that's not fucking weird. I, I don't understand why that's such a big thing with guys. Or, or the other thing that I never understood, like, what's the big deal with talking what's to your kid? Deal? About, what's the deal with talking about sex? <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like always curious why people have a hard time talking with their kids about, you know, especially their teenage kids about sex. I don't get it. You got to be honest about it. Exactly. And I think with daughters too, like some guys want to lie to themselves. Okay. You know, like I've seen it at weddings where guys are like, be careful with my little girl tonight. And it's like, <laughs> your little girl's been doing this for quite some time, George. Yeah. She sounds like a farm animal sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I, I don't want to be that dad that lies to myself. Like, I know, you know, my daughter's four, but I know the day's going to come. Of course. But my job as a dad, and I've said a, this on it, here. All right. So when is that time frame? Is it 13, 14, I hope 12? it's 40, but, you know, realistically... I want to start prepping her for, you know, game time at around 13, 12, 13. Okay. That's what I was thinking. 12, I'm not going to lie to myself. about like, the right time. Well, you know, by like 16, 16, no way, dude. These kids yeah. are doing things younger and younger. Speaking of that, I was talking with it, my next door neighbor. Who I, it's amazing. She's 12 years old. Oh, but she's like cluing me in to what's going on in the schools. Like she was saying that uh, there's a lot of racism going on in the school. And I said, okay, define what that means. Okay. So she goes, well, they're calling, you know, she's an Indian kid. So she's mm-hmm. like, they're calling us curry eaters and they call the Muslims camel jockeys. And I just said, okay, so what do you guys call the white kids? She goes, McDonald's. I go, I love that. Interesting. <laughs> Isn't that a good one? That's phenomenal. 
<laughs> it's so great. Okay. Think about that. Like, it really makes sense. I kind of wonder if, like, we're living in this age of wokeness. Well, here's the thing. And, yeah, please. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. Please keep going. Okay. My thought on it was that they are in. They're pushing that onto the kids to be number one, a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Number two, to be identity oriented. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not. You're not an American. You're a hyphenated American. Mm-hmm. Every single one of these kids. Listen, everybody's a hyphenated American. I could be a Norwegian American for all I know. But my point is, is that if that's the case and they've lowered the threshold of the, of the word, of the word racist down to like nothingness, then it doesn't mean anything. So I said, you know, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, uh, we called each other names all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. It wasn't defined as racist. It was just defined as, you know, saying, what, you know, making fun of kids. Yeah. So it's not different. No, it's part of childhood. Uh, yeah. It's a rite of passage. You know, how offensive can you be? That's right. Yeah, you know, I got called Jew boy quite a bit. I got called bagel. I got called heave. I got called a bunch of different things. Never made a, never made a dent on oh, me yeah. at all. Yeah. For years, I would always have, you know, especially in South Brunswick, you know, people refer to me as Mexican. Right. It's yeah. Like, I'm not. And you know I'm not. <laughs> you know I'm not. You know damn well I'm not. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, but my, my question is this. They're trying to push this woke agenda and they're right. trying to push this overly acceptance kids naturally rebel yes that's what they're meant to do Mm -hmm. so if you're trying to push them to be open about everyone eventually they're going to get to a point where they're just like screw this yeah i'm not going to be open to anything i'm going to say whatever i want right because we live in a world of censorship right now Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. people can be like no no we live in a world of censorship you can't say certain. You things. can't bully people. You well, can't even, have certain jokes. No, you can't exactly. Well, even with the, with the podcast, like you know, uh, Anchor has this whole thing for Spotify. It's like, you know, we do fact check if you say the wrong thing, and it's like, wow. So like, if I say the wrong thing about, you know, Covidius or something like that, they can be like, yeah, we're pulling you. Wow. So it's like there's there's definitely censorship. Uh, I think these kids just don't care about being censored anymore. Oh they yeah, yeah. Do, they want to say so much. Yeah. Yeah, you know they got to say the wrong things every now and then. That's how they learn. And they're rebelling in the weirdest way, like the guys. And when I was, you know, that they're, age, they're rebelling by chopping off their dicks. Well, in a sense, well, I was what I was going to say is all right. When I was, you know, that age, guys would rebel by smoking cigarettes, yep, or being a stoner, or you know, doing the whole punk thing or whatever the frig. Uh, now, now guys are rebelling, I guess, by putting on dresses. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and I've, I've said this before, they become more effeminate. Well, I mean, they're also pushing that, but I've always said, you know, what a weird rebellion though. Well, it's there's not, no cool I, factor to it. I don't think it's about being cool or, or it being weird to be honest with you. I, and here's the, I'm not saying that, you know, trans kids don't exist. I think they do. I absolutely do. But I don't think it's as big of a number as we're oh, it's, seeing. It's a tiny number, of course. But what we're seeing is the same thing that happens in every generation. You get kids between the ages of 12 and 16, 17. Hormones are racing. Their body's changing. Their mind is changing. They don't know what's going on. Right. They don't know who they are. And if you can find your your niche... And you can find your lane. You find life your becomes, crowd. Yeah. You, life becomes a lot easier. Yeah, no doubt. You know, you become a job. You become a theater kid. You become mm-hmm. the smart kid. You become. You find you know, your crowd. You find your crowd. Yeah. But not every kid does. 
So what do they do? They find the crowd of kids who can't find their crowd. <laughs> and they're like, well, what are we? I know some guys like you that. You know, so it's like, yeah, it's I like know some guys what are like we? That. You know, they don't fit in with any group. Any group, yeah. So the only way they hang out, hang out with each other is because they don't fit in with anything. Yeah. So when I was in school, it was the goth kids. Okay. It's like, yeah, we're going to. You know, wear the the, wear the black, the the black makeup, trench the coat yeah, and yeah, the yeah. makeup and Marilyn Manson. It's but like, there was a cool factor to that. There was nothing cool about it. You Maybe to you, so? bro. I was in school with them. It wasn't cool. I'll tell you right no, now. No, I know they were getting their asses kicked, but my point it's not is. not about getting their asses kicked. It didn't look cool. They just looked weird. Okay. They just looked weird and it looked like they were trying too hard. And they're okay. like, yeah, bro, I listen to Manson. It's like, so do I. And I'm wearing a pink polo. <laughs> and I don't have mascara on. Yeah. Like, leave it alone. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you jocks. It's like, we listen to the same music as right. you. We just, it's and great then, music. And here's the thing. Everyone changes over time. But if you look at those, if you look at those goth kids and those punk kids, they eventually found their, their group. Now, when you look at their high school pictures, they're like, holy shit, I can't believe I looked like that. Go look at my high school pictures. I'm not going to be like, oh my God, I can't <laughs> believe I, no, like someone's like, man, that was a weird style, but it still resembles who I am today. I keep going back to the idea that there's a cool factor going on that dressing up like a, like the opposite sex is not cool. Like I'm, it That's, feels, but it's not now, now the cool thing is all the dudes painting their nails, yeah. being super feminine. That is cool. Cause that's what you gotta remember. We don't think it's cool cause we're old and I'm counting myself. I'm really I don't get old. it. I don't get it. <laughs> but if you watch like the music and what's going on, like that's what's cool. That's what's getting the TikTok plays. Like a Harry Styles dressing up in a dress is cool. In a st- yeah, he makes it cool. I don't know, man. But here's what's going to happen because we already are starting to see it. All right. Now, I'm not here promoting the guy, but these kids love Andrew Tate. Yeah. They love him. Hyper-masculine. Superman. People are like, what is wrong with these kids? It's like, I'll tell you what's wrong with these kids. You're making these boys who feel like boys. Yeah who have testosterone running through their body. They're horny all day long. Right. They just want to fight and screw and do all types of things. Like any normal American kid would do. And you're telling them that's wrong. Yeah. But now here's a guy who's saying it's not wrong. And they're like, yeah, I agree with that guy. But because the mainstream media and the agenda wants to tell you that he's wrong, they'll convince those. But this is how backwards it is right now. If I was in a school right now mm-hmm. and I was like, I'm a football player, I'm a wrestler, uh, I get into fights every now and then, I'm right. really into chicks, they'd be like, you are a problem. Are a toxic mask male. Yeah. You are toxic masculine. Something's wrong with you. But if I went to that same school and I said, I feel like a woman, yeah, they'd be like, you're a hero. So what is that? I have no clue. We are living in bizarro world. That Everything is, is backwards. It, it, like in, Tell me. Help I, me. Okay. When I was a kid, I keep saying when I was a kid, okay. I was a kid in the 80s. Back I was in my day, in we, we used to start the car by pedaling our feet under it. <laughs> what I was my going to say is the there was a quarry. movie called Revenge of the Nerds. Fantastic movie. Fantastic movie, that kind of thing. We've got Nerdy Bush. guys. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. There was Revenge of the Nerds where, if you get a chance, go see this movie or, or look it up. Uh, nerdy guys sooner or later went out or at least compete with the athletic guys okay there was a cool factor to the nerdy guys for some reason because they were able to compete they were able to get the good-looking girls that kind of thing in the end 
now it doesn't even seem like they give a shit to even because, like compete or to go after uh, the opposite sex. So there's the thing. So what made Revenge of the Nerds such a cool movie and such a cool concept is like, yes, they were complete nerds. Yeah. Just these weird, nerdy dorks. Yeah. Right? Uber dorks. Mm -hmm. But they had the same goals as the jocks. Bingo. That's what I'm talking about. So what made that movie work was it wasn't the nerds were cool. It was like, no, the nerds beat the jocks. That's what I'm talking about. They were going after the same trophy. Now... Everyone's going after a different trophy, but certain boys are being told, uh-uh, your trophy's wrong. Right. You better be nice. Absolutely agree. You better be nice to Dave. And by the way, Dave's new name is Carol. Yeah. It's like, what? Yeah. But you can't wear your varsity jacket during the day because it's, you know, toxic masculinity. Here's the other thing that I was thinking. Come on, man. Let, and, and I hate the term, you know, let boys be boys. And I'm not talking about date rape and I'm not talking about being an asshole. Like at the end of the day, like toxic masculinity. Yeah. If, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. Yeah. But man, like when I was that age, it wasn't in my mind like, oh, this is what boys are supposed to be. No, I wanted to be aggressive. Yeah. I wanted to mm-hmm. fight. I wanted, I wanted to exercise that. I wanted that to instinct. unleash my testosterone. Right. That's just what was in me. And you can be like. Oh, well, it's because you were a kid. No, because look at what I do 25 years later. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still doing it every day. I'm doing this. Like, I'm doing a podcast where we talk about that stuff. You're 20 years older than me, and you're living life the same exact way. You still work out. You still like a little bit of violence. You still like to talk mm-hmm. about, you know, dirty things before we get on here. Thank you. But you got to stop telling these kids that what they do, you know. Is wrong somehow. It's wrong. Yeah. But meanwhile, the boy who wants to be called a girl, that's normal. Yeah. If you want to call him normal, that's fine. Go for it. Call him normal. But stop telling this boy that he's wrong yeah. for doing what biologically is what he wants to do, Yeah. which is be a boy. Same with girls. My daughter, my daughter loves to wear princess dresses. Mm-hmm. Wakes up in the morning, Dada, can I put on a princess dress? She's got 15 princess dresses, matching crown, matching shoes the for all kid is rocking the look yeah the only one that doesn't have shoes is moana and when i asked her why doesn't moana <laughs> wear shoes she, why doesn't moana have shoes she goes because moana doesn't wear shoes and i was like i like that you're keeping the integrity of the character Juju. but then she comes here mm-hmm. and she goes to max and she goes let's fight and she throws combos and she throws kicks and i'm not telling her hey 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 that's not ladylike mm-hmm. no I'm like, go for it. Go beat some ass. But I'm also not going to let her wear a dress and be like, well, Juliana, that's not what society shouldn't tell you to wear a dress. No, be a girly girl. And if you want to get rough, be a little rough. Yeah. My son, same thing. Bounces off the wall all over the place. Loves to get physical. Got to tell him to keep his hands to himself. Had a note sent from school because he said a bad word. He said, damn it. 100% my fault. That's right there. Yeah. But then guess what? When a musical comes on, he's singing at the top of his lungs. Right. I'm not going to be like, hey, Benny, it's okay to you know do the rough stuff, but don't sing. No. Be you. Everyone's different. Stop telling people that what they're doing is wrong. Unless you're beating the shit out of women, mm-hmm. touching kids, yep. or like hurting animals. Yeah. You know, stay in your the, lane. The telltale signs of, yeah. uh, of, uh, of people psychosis. Should, yeah. People you've been thrown in a pit. Yeah. What I was going to say is, is that what seems to be lacking, and I, I saw it when I was, uh, I went to this school last year, and oh, there were, there had to be about five or six of these banners about bullying. And I'm like, look, I'm not a fan of bullying. 
I kind of did it a little bit when I was younger, but it also happened to me a little bit. Um, I think there's something to be said for having a healthy fear. And a lot of the kids I see don't have that healthy fear because oh. if you, if they open their mouth to a person that should take a pop at them, they seem to think that they can do it. You know, it, it's the whole like, even when I see it on a plane, you know, like they had this douchebag, Shakari Richardson, that, that opened her big friggin' trap on the plane. Someone should have turned to her and like, you know, gotten in her face. There was a story of the Fox weatherman who was on a, a subway telling these five or six kids not to, you know, mess with somebody. So they turned around and beat the crap out of him. But here's the problem. Nobody else helped this guy out. They were so afraid. I, I just, now, do you think, nobody has a healthy fear. Let me ask you this. Do you think they were afraid or do you think it was kind of like that good Samaritan syndrome where like you always keep thinking somebody else is, gonna, is doing it, but sidetracked but i i agree with you mm -hmm. we live in a world because of twitter and instagram and social media right. there's no consequence for actions exactly because exactly. now everything can be done virtually on a keyboard in the comfort of your own house i remember uh, if you said something wrong during class by lunchtime it would get to that kid mm -hmm. and then there you are at lunch it's like is there a problem and it's either there was a problem or you resolved them. They're like, mm, that got taken out of context. This is what I said. Right. But yeah. now I will say this. I think what social media makes way worse is bullying. Oh, without a doubt. Because now you can't just leave school and be like, oh, I'm home. No. There's Instagram. There's Facebook. There's a wall. People can make memes of you. Mm -hmm. and just like just all these horrible, horrible things. Yeah. So it's like it's, it's like there's no pecking order as far as in, in what I'm seeing. It's in other very words, weird. you got a guy like in in back in my day, uh, there was guys that that would kick your ass if you you know got on the wrong side of them, and you oh, knew they're necessary. They're necessary. It's healthy fear. You have to have the the nerds have to fear the jerky guy. Okay, doesn't seem to have that now. And what I am seeing is that. Yeah, the field is much more even now with social media because suddenly you could take the jerky uh, jock and make him look like a jerk online. You know, post something that whether it's real or not real. Well, that's why I think we're losing the old school mentality of the jock. Yeah. You know, you we're, really kind of, we're kind of seeing that revenge of the nerds coming in, in real life. It's happening. I'll even throw something weird at you. I remember talking to a... a uh, my son had an ex-girlfriend that was a cheerleader. And I'm like, uh, boy, all the cheerleaders are really, really good looking. And she showed me a picture. I'm like, they're not that good looking. They're more like sort of gymnasts. And it's not <laughs> like there isn't the hot chicks anymore kind of thing. Not that I was looking for that, but actually I was. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just, it's changing. We're getting older. We're getting older, Roy. It's really all it comes down to. Is that what it happens is? every generation. I guess so. And we're just... So is it going to change? I mean, I you know, call it woke, call it uh, the uh, the rise of the lawyers. Is that ever going to change? I, I think it's for the worse. In other words, there is such a thing as frivolous lawsuits. There is such a thing as getting your ass kicked if you open your mouth to the wrong person. Yeah, but the consequences aren't the same. You, you know, you ever notice like when you meet someone, you ever met someone, you can just tell when you look at them, you're like, you know what's, right? you know what's that guy's problem? He's never been smacked. He's never been punched in the face. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's terrible. 
but there's people like that. Whenever I used to teach boxing, that was my first question. How many of you have ever been punched in the face? Mm. You know, and I'm very, very few have ever been punched in the face. Uh, you can see people don't. Well, I've shared the story about my mother-in-law where I would tell them like, you know, you open your mouth a lot, but I think it's because you don't think someone's going to get in your face back. Damn. And then when it happened, it really affected her. But I told her, I was like, it was coming. But my mom taught me that. Uh-huh. My mom taught me that when I was a young kid, she's like, if you're ever going to open your mouth, be ready. Yeah. That person might, you know, they might sit down like a little puppy and be like, oh, I'm sorry. Or they're going to bark back. She goes, you better be ready to take it all the way. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I remember right. Steph told me when she goes, what does that mean? Take it all the way. I was like, to the death. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> Because here's the thing. And like, it sounds funny, but it's like, let's say someone's, you know, going off on a, on their phone in the movie. Theater, so I'm like, hey. Can't you see we're at a movie? Okay. And he turns around and he's like, what you say? And now we start fighting with each other and he pulls a knife. Yeah, they, they take it to the next step. It happens. Yeah, no doubt. That's real. Mm-hmm. People pull a gun because you told them to shut up. Right. Well, now you better be ready to get that knife or gun and kill them. That's, an, that's, an, that's a whole other thing because they're talking about, there was a, I saw this interview with these uh, people that ran their businesses in Seattle and they said that the criminals do not seem to fear the police any longer. Oh, absolutely. I believe that 100%. Yeah, they don't seem to care. And that's just really, I guess it goes back to what we're talking about in general. It's because everything's changing, Roy. Yeah, I agree. Well, on the plus side, I'm watching an amazing show on Netflix. Anybody there that's listening to this, write this name down. F-A-U-D-A, Fauda. The greatest show on TV. I'm you've, telling you right now. They you've just been had, telling me about this show. They just came up with the fourth season. It's amazing. I got to get into it. I just telling finished. telling you, brother. Uh, it's amazing. What did I just finish? I can't remember. Oh, I just caught up with Yellowstone. Uh, I hear that's great. I lo- you haven't watched it yet? No, I'm saving it because it's like one of those things. I want them to stop the season so I can binge it. Oh, uh, just get everything done. And get it all done in one shot. That's the way I did the uh, uh, Game of Thrones. They just got through five halfway through the fifth season right i want to i want them to because i'm gonna catch up yeah i'm gonna catch up on it okay now are you watching the other ones like 1883 and 1923 i think i'm gonna get into them yeah i heard 1838 um i think it is 18 or 1883 i can't remember whatever uh i heard that one's fantastic is it just nonstop? go 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 but even that why do you think we like watching shows like that well that goes way back it's because we a, we admire those people. Uh, B, we want to be those people. I think we crave that now. Yeah, and we want to be the guy that opens his mouth when they need to have their... That's... But this is what drives me crazy. <laughs> you are getting so animated. This is what gets me fired up, though, Roy. Okay. You watch these TV shows, mm-hmm. right? Andrew Tate's blowing up. Yep. The most popular character on Yellowstone is Rip yep. because he's the badass always fighting. Mm-hmm. But then you're like toxic masculinity. And by the way, the women also love Rip. Of they course. love him. They want him to rip women, their pants off. Women want to be amongst then, that crowd. But then you will also turn around in the same breath and say, oh, but that behavior is wrong. Stop it. Yeah. Stop. It, it, it doesn't go both ways. I agree. It doesn't, you can't say yep. this is the guy, this is the one. And stop saying that it's wrong if everyone is loving that person. Mm-hmm. Clearly, it speaks to them. It resonates with you. It does something to you where you're like, yeah. All right. I'm going to throw a couple of things at you. Oh, fires me up. Okay. Number one, I think there's about 50 to 55% of the population that feels this way. Okay. Um, they... They know that the election 
was fraudulent at worst and manipulated at, at minimum, best, at, minimum. <laughs> at minimum, okay? And it really, really bugs them, but they can't do anything about it. That's number one. Number two, they see this sort of message being inculcated into the schools and they can't fight it. There does not, it just seems to be an overwhelming thing that's being pushed down the throats of children and also college kids. And they're absolutely frustrated with not being able to fight this, you know? And I, I just don't know. I'll tell you this. Have you ever come across one of these uh, pronoun people? All the time. I have, I've not. I've never had one of these guys say, call me a he, she, or whatever the fuck it is. Um, I don't know how I'd react to that. I, I mean, I, I would possibly, because I genuinely feel bad for a person that dresses up in, in the opposite sex because they carry a 40% suicide attempt rate. So I know there's psychosis in there. So I feel bad for them. But when they bullied that shit, when they push it down my kid's throat, when they start pushing that, you know, nerds win kind of mentality, I don't know. I don't see an end to that. I just think, and, and I'm, I, I agree with you, what I have an issue with is it's completely one thing to say, you know, be accepting, mm -hmm. be open-minded. You know, treat these people the same. But when you start saying they're normal, it's like, no, they're not. Exactly. And I'm not saying because, and it's not being transphobic. That's like telling me someone who's colorblind is normal. No, mm -hmm. their vision is not normal. Right. I'm not judging them. I'm not going to not hang out with them. I'm not going to avoid them. And you're them. not saying it's a choice versus, it could very well be a genetic thing. Listen, I'll tell you. But it's just not normal. I'll tell you right. Yeah, something went off. Right. Cleft lip, same thing. Exactly. Somebody just didn't compute. I'm not going to be like, well, I don't hang out with those weird scar lippies. Mm -hmm. It's not the way it works. Right. But stop saying that it's I can't stand the scar lippies, though. Those oh, Scarlet, that Joaquin Phoenix <laughs> ruined it for him. But, and, and here's the thing, it's not, first of all, I've I've worked with a couple. Mm -hmm. um, I get my hair done by one. And your hair looks luscious. She does a great job. Yeah. She, that's what she wants to be called. She, I will I'm respect totally it. I'm totally with that. I'll respect I'll it. I'll respect it. I'll say she, but don't tell me like, yeah, that's normal. No, it's not. Yeah. Something went a little off. I'm sure there's things in my behavior that someone could be like, yeah, something happened there. Right. And I'd be like, yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> you're probably right. Something either didn't add up. Perfect example, I was born with spina bifida. Right. Very small form, but I was born with it. They call you spinies, by the way. Yeah. Spinies. They're called a lot worse. <laughs> you know, but don't be like, oh, he's totally normal. I'm not. Yeah. Something didn't go right. Yeah. Something didn't work. It's not normal. Right. Doesn't mean that it's wrong. It's just not normal. Liking to go on roller coasters. Nothing wrong with that. But it's not normal. Yeah. People who like to free people who like to free climb skyscrapers. Mm -hmm. You ever seen those people? Oh man, Spider Man. Yeah. I'm sure they're great to hang out with. I'm sure they got great stories. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't treat them differently, but they're not normal. It's not normal. Something's wrong with them that the only way they get excited is knowing that they have imminent death presenting itself yeah you know what that's a really good example because like i said when the transgender community has a carries a 40 percent suicide attempt rate so yes, there's something going on in that sort of attempt to become something else yeah and you can't blame it on society because you're not going to change society no you know it's just it's they're trying to push and make everything seem normal and that's 
that's where they're losing people. Yeah. When you're saying it's people normal. have tolerance for it, yeah. people have sympathy for it. Yeah. Just stop with the freaking yeah. pushing it down the throat. And that's thing that's like again, people respect it. It's like, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. All right. I'll call you. I'll call you whatever you want. I'll respect it. Right. You're good at what you do. That's fine. You're a decent person. That's fine. But stop telling me that it's normal. That's stop telling the kids that it's normal. Yeah. You're confusing them. Yeah. And especially at such a young age. When you t- especially when you tell a little boy, "Well, Timmy, don't talk like that. That's not how. That's a that's toxic masculinity." Mm-hmm. But then you show him a man in a dress. And you're like, "But that's normal." It's like that. You're stop stop messing with my kid. Exactly. And he, but here's the problem. Getting back to what I had said originally, you as the parent are frustrated because you really can't stop this crap. When no. you see drag queen story hours in school, what are you doing to stop that? You can't because there will be lawsuits. There will be a, a continuing effort to you know, drown out your thoughts about this anyway. And I just don't see a positive uh, outcome from this kind of behavior. You can't normalize this sort of thing. I, what's going to happen is you keep pushing, you keep pushing, you keep pushing. And sometimes when you push something so hard, you just push everyone else away. I totally agree. And then you open the door for people like Andrew Tate to have a voice. Yeah. And not that he's off the mark, you know. Yeah, he's kind of a douchebag, but. He is, but he's, he's, uh, let me, he does something that I feel badly about. Okay. I, I tend to think, and I've brought this up many times in the podcast. I tend to think that women are given a very bad double message in life. Number one, to be attractive to a guy, you have to be somewhat submissive. You have to be. Uh, have a low body count, you have to have that sort of thing. But the problem is, is that you're being told by a whole other set of crowd that you should be more masculine. Look at the heroes in these in the in your movies. Strong, you know, woman kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to, and it just doesn't appeal to the opposite sex. So they're given two bad messages. I agree with you on that. And and here's the thing: it, it's going both ways too, because they're doing it to men too. Yeah. They tell men, you know, be more sensitive, be more this, be more that. And then when you do those and things, women don't like, want that. You're not going to get a woman. Yeah. You're not going to get a chick. Exactly. Because here's the reality. The guys in the movies that they say they love, they only like them in the movies. Mm-hmm. They don't like that in real life. Yeah. Because after 90 minutes, the typical length of a movie, they're going to get sick of that shit. Yeah. The guy's a mush. Yeah. You know, they, they it's, there's so much going on, but and again, I have this conversation with one of my coworkers, and it's not black and white. It's not There's this nothing to do with women race. like this. Yeah. I'm not talking about race. Oh, I'm just talking about like just clear cut black and white. Jesus, right. Roy. What? Um, <laughs> the human mind, our biology, the things that we like, it's very interesting. Life in general is just very, very interesting. The yeah. decisions we make, the choices we make, the things we're into. So it's hard to be like. This is what all women, it's like, that's not the way it works. Right. And when you start telling people that's not the way it works, they're like, oh, but that's because your brain is, you're a toxic. Or you're a bigot. Yeah. It's like, no, because that's not the way it works. Because as much as you're trying to paint the world a rainbow, you're making it black and white. Mm -hmm. You're making it, this is good. This is bad. Right. Not the way it works. Yeah. Because guess what? If I say, I don't want a trans man in the same bathroom as my son or my daughter. God forbid. People can be like, well, that's because you're transphobic. It's like, no. It's because guess what? For if 10 of them came into this bathroom, eight of them probably really think they're women hmm. and they want to live a nice, quiet life as a woman, go and go out. Right. But there's two that are only doing that to come in here to see yeah. little girls. 
Exactly. And and you can point to a bunch of instances where that has occurred. Yeah. So again, I go with, it's not that simple. Now you can tolerate it. You can sympathize with these folks, but you cannot expect acceptance on a societal level. You can't expect acceptance for anything, for 100% of anything. It's, right. it's just not the way it human works. Human nature is, is thousands and thousands and thousands of years of being wired into us to like certain things. Well, there are people who think what we do on these mats is barbaric. Okay, fair I enough. I would never do that. Why would you do that? You yeah. do that for fun? It's like... Right. Because you can't explain to them what is in us, probably something wrong, mm-hmm. that makes us want to do that. Right. But we have to do it. Yep. But here's the thing. Who are we really hurting? Who are we harming? That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's not that simple. Yeah. So you go there because you like to fight. It's not that simple. Right. Oh, so you like to work out. It's not that simple. Yeah. Stop trying to simplify everything by saying this is normal. This is bad. It's not the way it works. Mm -hmm. It's not. Is toxic masculinity a thing? Yeah, absolutely. But not just because boys want to fight. That's not what it is. It's not because boys want to hook up with girls and they're trying to get laid. It's not that simple. No. But they want to simplify everything. Is there is toxic femininity a thing? Oh, that's not a thing, but don't even we're not even gonna go down that rabbit <laughs> okay. hole today. All right. We're not we'll opening on that the next one. Because oh, that's a real thing that no one ever wants to talk yeah. about. Well, ever. that goes back to the idea that if somebody opens their mouth sooner or later, they need to be smacked. Yeah. And it's not happening. No. So you know, unless you're uh Sean Connery. Right. <laughs> Money penny. Oh man. But Yeah. Tough subject because what it is, it's very, very frustrating to the large majority of the population that is trying to sympathize well, with them. I'm but, gonna I'm gonna take it a step further. I'm gonna do it. Go. You have a lot of people who are going down this path who don't belong on that path. Because that's not their problem. The problem is not the you know they're they're you know trans fluid or any of that. They're just there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is there are people who really are trans. Absolutely, there and are you pe- sympathize and you sympathize with those. But yeah, these fucking posers <laughs> are taking the steam away from them. Mm-hmm. It's like you're ruining it for them. Yeah, just like with the Me Too movement, there are so many women that have really been absolutely raped, agree that have really gone through or it, been manipulated by some powerhouse douchebag. Oh. But so many stories came out, and I'm willing. I'm willing to say every woman has at least one Me Too story. Without a doubt, I absolutely agree with that. But so many came out, and some of them were so horrendous. Where I'm like, wait a minute, where, where's where's the assault in this story? It's like you're taking this away from someone who actually did go through it. Mm. But yeah, we're living in we're living in wild times. Love it. Okay, uh, <sighs> we really went down a rabbit hole. It needed to be said. Jesus Christ. It's just, you're confusing people, man. Yeah. And I'm not saying like if you see someone who's trans, be like, oh, so, no, like. No, I genuinely sympathize people, with them. Help people out, man. Make the world a better place right. for people. Make it easier for them to deal with what they're dealing with. It can't be easy to be a man or a woman and legitimately feel that you're trapped in the wrong body. Absolutely agree. That's got to be so horrendous. I'll give you, I'll give you one. Hang on. I'll give you one. There's a dude at the uh, at the mall. Okay, he works at one of the cos- cosmetic uh, counters. Full on tran. You know mm-hmm. the, the, the whole. I mean, really, kind of does the whole makeup thing. Now, 
I don't necessarily have a problem with it. You know, I, like I said, I sympathize with the guy because I, I really do think there's a neurosis that's involved with this whole thing. Whether I'm right or I'm wrong, I'm just, that's what my thoughts are. However, if I did see someone teasing this guy, I would wheel, in the face. I'd wheel on them immediately yep. and tell them to shut the fuck up. 100%. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. I, I do have a chivalrous thing in me and some people, some bullies need to be confronted. I, I, I would see, like, you remember, like I worked on the train and on the train you see so much, you're exposed to so much right. and never issues, never a problem, you know, but it's just, you got to understand there's a difference between sympathizing and being sympathetic and empathetic towards something and compassionate towards something. That's different from telling someone that it's normal. Mm-hmm. It's not. Yeah. And by making it normal, you take away that empathy towards it. If I told you that Jimmy in the wheelchair is like, Jimmy's completely normal. Okay, then I can treat him like every normal schmuck on the street. Right. I'm going to push him out of the way so I can get on the train. No, Jimmy's not normal. He has something wrong. He can't walk. So guess what? Treat him with a little bit a little bit kinder. And I'm a little put, bit more respect. And you're going to protect that. And protect him. Take exactly. care of him. Exactly. Take care of him. He's a normal person, but his condition is not normal. When I was a camp counselor, I that was the way I would stop bullying a lot of times. I'd find the You'd biggest- punch him in the face? No, 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 no. Literally, when I was a counselor, uh, there was always the one or two, you know, kids that were nerdy, you know, smaller than everybody else and this and that. And I would always pick out the biggest kid in the bunk and, I'm, and I would tell him point blank, your job this summer is to protect that kid. Okay? That number one takes him out of the bullying ranks right off the bat. And number two, it gives him a role to protect his buddy. And yeah. it, it worked every single time. It's very similar to what we do on the mats where we pair up yeah. the senior student with the junior student. Right. You know, and it's like, hey, it, it's not always about your training getting better. Get this person better. Yeah. Help them. You know, I had a situation with someone here recently where, you know, they acted a certain way with the new student. I was like, do you remember when you first started? Right. And someone treated you like that? And like they put their head down. I was like, just know for that guy today, you're the same as him. Right. He's like, why do you say that? I was like, Stop, because you forget, and it's like with anything else in the world, you forget what it was like to be new. As you get older, you forget what it was like to be a kid. You forget what it was like to be you know, 12, 13 years old. Mm. You forget, because you're so far removed from it. But if you can hold on to that, and just remember empathize what it was like. Empathize with that, yeah. Empathize with it, and be yeah. like, you know, just remember that. Absolutely agree. It makes life easier. And you know, I see it with work, too, like these conductors, like they treat the new guys like, Rawr. it's like, dude, how were you on your first day? Yeah. I'm sure you were messing up left and right because it's new. I have a little Rachmanis. There you go. There's your word of the day. Rachmanis. <laughs> it's it's uh, Yiddish for uh, uh, sympathy. Yeah, man. It, it, it's just, but just stop trying to normalize it. Yeah, Absolutely. Topic of the day. Let's go. 48 Amigo minutes in. is uh, growing in life, but also growing in BJJ. And the reason oh. I put them together <laughs> is because, gosh, you learn so many life lessons on the mats. Number one, learning to grow and learning to get better through adversity. Okay. Put yourself in those bad situations and, and just grow through that. I mean, well, that's jujitsu, right? And it, yeah. On, on in a, a nutshell. Small- on a small scale, it's, it could be something like, you know, fighting out of a submission, fighting mm-hmm. out of a bad position, or fighting through an injury. Okay, you love training your whole time. Well, okay, now you, you have a pretty serious injury. You're out for six to 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Are you going to come back? 
That's very easy. Exactly. You know, a lot of these guys say, yeah, I tried it and uh, it's just not my thing. But what wasn't your thing? What was it your thing? Was it the losing aspect? The fact that you were controlled by someone else that may even be smaller than you, mm-hmm. you know? You know, did you take time off because of the injury and then you realize mm-hmm. how hard it was to get back in shape and you're like, I can't go That's back. That's another aspect that scares it. people away. Yeah. You know, but then it's, you got to remember the journey to black belt. It's, it's a long journey, you know, eight to 15 years, depending Easy. on who yeah. you are. So life is going to change. So how do you continue to keep training while your life is training? It's no different than how do you continue to come back after training after you've been injured? Mm-hmm. How do you do another round after you just had a bad round? How do you continue to fight when you're just getting mounted, your back taken, back to the mount, getting set? How do you keep fight? How do you keep finding that way to keep swimming upstream? Right. You know, I, I think that what a great learning lesson it is, though. It really is because. You know, your next round might be a little bit better than the last one. It might be a little bit worse. You might have a horrible night tonight and tomorrow everything clicks. Yeah. But you got to get through it. You kind of got to suffer a little bit. That's what it is. I mean, you you always, I mean, you said it just this past week. You were talking about it. And I think on Monday night where you just said, I love this position where the guy just mauls me. (laughs) I, I, I do. And I was kind of laughing when you said that, you know, it's not something I'm not saying this to try to like praise myself. And it, it, but it's, it's something that's Tom's, you know, said about me. It's probably one of the, it's a, I mean, I guess it's the best compliment I've gotten. It's a weird compliment, but he's always said, you know, the thing about Miguel is my God, you can just, he can just take a beating and suffer like no one yeah. else. He's like, there's so many times during MMA where I'd look at him and like, why are you, how are you not dead? <laughs> right. How are you still going? And for me, I truly pride myself on, you know, being able to suffer and, you know, it's not that I like to do it, but I know that life can get very difficult. And I know that sometimes, you know, the emotional pain is far worse than the physical pain. And that's not to say that I'm going through it right now, but we've all been there. So let's see how far I can push this physical. How can we get it where I'm in a point where maybe it's not physical? Maybe it's just I'm in bottom side control and you have head and arm control and or you've got reverse cross face and I'm in a bad position mm-hmm. and I'm very uncomfortable and I can't breathe and it's a little painful and I don't like being here. How long can I suffer down there? Right. And survive long, it. And survive. Yeah. How long can I slow my brain down, slow my breathing down and go step by step, you know, create space, get your frames, do this because that's what happens in life. You know, and it, like with my wife, uh, with Steph, you know, we start talking about what we have to do this week, this weekend, this month. And she's like, oh my God, I'm getting so overwhelmed. And I tell him like, stop looking at everything. Yeah. Just get to the next thing. Be in the moment. Yeah. You know, like if I'm in bottom side control, I tell him like, if I'm in a bad position and someone's beating my ass, I'm not like, oh my God, I got to get my frames. I got a bridge. I got a shrimp. I got to get a half guard. I got to recover. If I thought that, I'd be like, I'm never going to get out. No, no, no. Step one. Step by step. And each step along the way. You get close and then before you know it, yeah, some time's gone by. Yeah, you struggled a little bit, but guess what? Now you're back in the driver's seat. Yeah. You're back where you want, you can breathe now, but you had to get to that next step. And the only way to get to the next step is to focus on the current step. Yeah. That was a really windy road of an answer, but a lot of things I had to get out. I think there's so many pearls in that though. Jeez. Uh, The next kind of note that I wrote down was just the idea of being comfortable with losing. Mm-hmm. Every single physical thing that I've ever done, whether it's playing basketball, baseball, football, uh, jiu boxing, whatever it happens to be, you got to get comfortable with losing. 
because the road through there you don't win every time the road is long but yes with many winding turns i'll give you a buck if you tell me what band did that i'm gonna go with the mamas and the papas <laughs> you just guessed <laughs> i did the hollies i have no idea who they ah, are. great fan the only holly the only woman ho- in a black dress that's the, the only song. the only hollies i know are bud bud holly <laughs> crash holly yeah, a little WWF. A little Love WWF it. right there. Love it. Um, uh, but no, it, so I completely agree with you. And I actually talked about that tonight at the first class where I was saying, listen, <laughs> guys, you got to understand like when to give up, just give it up. And yeah. I was like, you know, that's not how, like white belts and blue belts always hurt themselves because they're getting swept or they're getting taken down. Like you're, you're talking about big losses. Sometimes you got to take the loss. But it starts by learning how to accept a little loss. Yep. You know, you're getting swept. Okay, I could fight for this and plant my leg and then you're going to force it and now I tore my ACL or just get swept. Yeah. yeah. Get, like, and now work out of that position. Work out of that position. And yeah. here's the thing and I'm sure there's like some high-end competitors who are probably like, what? That's horrible advice. We're not talking about that. We're talking about how can you make it to come back to train tomorrow. Yeah. All right. I take, every now and then at work you got to take the loss. Mm-hmm. You got to take it. And it's not always a big thing like getting fired. Sometimes it's something small like, hey, can I take my class into the field on Friday? No. No. Take that loss. Mm-hmm. Take the L. Yep. Be like, well, why not? I need you in the office. You have to do this. Take the loss. Right. Because now that's going to set you up for a win. That's exactly because now right. if I if I get swept, okay, fine. You swept me. I'm going to get my half guard. I'm going to work my half guard mm-hmm. sweep. Now I'm going to end up on top. And now when I'm on top, I'll establish better control. And I know what sweep you like to use. So I'm going to be watching I'm out for that I'm going to put that, that in time. the back of my mind the next yeah. time to watch out for that. What I was going to say is that I don't think there's any high-level BJJ competitor that would disagree with that. They would say, listen, I, there are many times I got my ass kicked. You know, they always say the road to uh, you know, the black belt is, what, 10,000 taps? Oh, God. Is that what it is? I don't know. I'm just... Probably twice as many for me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's I, that. tapped like, I tapped like the best of them. <laughs> No, it, it is. It's, it's a loss every day. And, you know, <clears throat> you just have to struggle, man. Like, And that's what I find when you find someone who's a black belt. I've noticed a common, uh, a common denominator with a lot of them, a common factor, which is they can suffer. Yeah. They can struggle. Oh, yeah. Bad things can happen and they, they come back. Speaking of that, I didn't, I actually wrote this down. I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned this. One of the greatest heroes in BJJ is going through a tough time, uh, Marcelo mm, Garcia. Marcelo, yeah. He has uh, stomach cancer. Um, humble, talented, just a, a, one of the pearls of humanity. One of the greats. Yeah. One of the greats. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying it, it's going to go wrong, but this and that, but he's, he's going to struggle. This is the real deal, what and, he's got. But you know what, though? If you look at his competition career, mm-hmm. and you know he wasn't the biggest guy. That's, yeah. You know, he was going out there, David versus Goliath. And you can tell if you read his Instagram post, he's prepared for that battle. And I if he so. approaches that I battle the so. way he's approached, I don't see him approaching that with any type of pity or weakness. I think he's going to approach that head on of course, with the yeah. full belief that he's going to win it. Mm-hmm. The same way he's looked at it his whole life in his in his career and what led him to get to the point where he became one of the greats. Um, you know, so all thoughts and prayers to Marcel. I'm glad you brought that up. 
uh, you know, just a it's stellar be a struggle, human but, being. You can even tell in his videos what he does, uh, you know, on YouTube or his uh, BJJ Fanatics uh, videos. Just a real, real enthusiastic and fantastic human being for our sport. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers to his family, but you know, I, I think he's going to come out of this okay. I hope so. You know, really, really one of the do. better people on the planet. Yeah, great guy. But uh, thank you much, Marcelo. Yeah. Next thing in this cavalcade of greatness here uh what you learned with bjj as in life is that i think you learn in spurts in other words you you learn something you plateau you learn something you plateau you learn Mm -hmm. something you plateau and i think that's a great thing in life as well even especially like even marriage you know you learn a lesson with marriage things are okay then you learn a new lesson about your spouse and then they plateau then you learn a new lesson well i'll tell you right now and i'll speak personally it's like you know you get married that's step number one. Mm-hmm. Then we bought a house. Okay. You learn something it. about your spouse though during all of these times though. Every single time. Yeah. And every single time you notice that you both change a little bit. Yeah. Because you're also learning things about yourself. You're mm-hmm. Like, ooh, I didn't think I'd feel that way about that. <laughs> like, where did that come from? Well, you wouldn't know because you've never been in that predicament. Right on. Now you are. So I always that's why I always tell my friends, like, before they get married, when they get married, I'm like, listen, before you go to that next step. Make sure the current step you're on is going really well. Because when you take that next step, it's going to get a little rocky. Always does. That's just the advice like, you give people? Seriously? Always. All right. I tell, I'm like, that next step's going to get worse. At what point, though? Okay. They're dating the girl. I don't know. Do you tell them at a year? Do you tell them at six the months? The second they start telling me that this is my that gal. they're thinking about getting engaged, I'm okay. like, listen, before you go there... <laughs> <laughs> make sure your current step is great. People, you ought to write this down. Well, here's the thing. Let's say, you know, I'm a half guard player. Okay. I remember when I started incorporating deep half, I failed a lot. <laughs> my half guard got passed a lot. But because I, I trusted my half guard, I would just go back to that. Mm. And then I'd be like, all right, now let me play deep half again. And uh, I'd start losing here. Losing. Right, I could go back to that previous step. You know, before you move in together, make sure your relationship is good. Make sure you. Oh, miss I see each what other. you're saying. In other Make words, sure you want to be with each other. Because guess what? Certain uh, when you like move in, guideposts. It's gonna get a yeah. It's like oh, I play half guard. Okay, yeah, you guys are in love, but now you live together. Now you're married. Now that that's different. Right. Something changes when you realize you can't just say goodbye to each other without attorneys present. You signed a contract. Right. That yes. it, it's there. There's a feeling about it. I love when people are like I'm like how's marriage like nothing changed yeah liar <laughs> something weird happens you're locked in now my friend you know then you have a kid yeah and that's a weird one because kids physically change your wife yes they do that's hormonally, a great great point hormonally it changes them you're what the minute she says I'm pregnant say goodbye to that woman she ain't coming yeah. back mm-hmm. you'll still have a version of her. Hopefully most of her, right. but there's going to be some changes. Yeah. So I'm always pleasantly surprised when I see a, yeah. a woman with like a couple of kids, but she's still in rock hard shape. And what, a, what an amazing I'm not even talking about that. I'm talking about just their personality changes, their oh, hormonal oh. changes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Roy. I'm Roy's like, I'm always amazed when I see a woman with four kids in rock hard abs. I, I'm like, good it, for it you. amazes me. That would, I mean, talk about commitment. Listen, I'm more amazed when I see a woman with more than two kids and she hasn't completely lost her goddamn mind. mind. (laughs) I agree. And I'm even more amazed when I see a husband and they're both alive. I'm like, oh, you guys got this going on. Good for you. It's working. Give me some tips. Because I have two kids and every now and then I'm like, I might have to 
I might just take the curly-headed little animal and leave the other two for their own. It's getting wild Because that house. is truly learning to live with losses or live with impediments and figuring out a way to make it work. And it's, it's learning on the fly. Yeah. When you already had a previous phase, you were very comfortable. In. Yeah. You were already very comfortable, you know, being a top side control player. And then professor goes, well, what's going to happen when you're on bottom? Now you got to learn. You're like, this position sucks. It's not <laughs> terrible. You'll get better at it. Right. You just have to work at it. Guess what? Having kids, it changes things. It changes things. Yep. You know? Before, you know, you would have sex, and if you finished in four minutes, you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Now you're like, please. Uh, four <laughs> minutes is all I need right now. And she's looking at you like, four minutes is all you got. Right. Because they're waking up soon. Right. And they're just the little pitter-patter. And I swear, my kids, it's like they can sense it. They're like, I call my kids... Uh, I call them CBs. Okay. Little cock blockers. <laughs> They're the worst. My kid, I still think, even at 27, I still think he has the worst timing of anybody. No, they got the best timing. They can sense it. I remember we were at a hotel uh, probably like two years ago, and the kids were in one bed, and Steph and I were in another bed. And I started doing what I do. And she's like, stop it. They're right there. I'm like, Steph, he's snoring. They're out. <laughs> Roy, the second I put my hand on a bosom, he popped up. No way. I swear. He, he was like, Mama. And oh, I'm like, shit. oh, my God. They can se- it's it's like, like, they can smell the sex like in the air. Intuition of some sort. Oh, they're demons. <laughs> they're demons. But, you know, you got to adjust that. Of course, like, if I was in the room with my old man and, and my mom, I would probably vomit thinking of that thought. Oh, dude! Every time I kiss Steph, Benny's like, <laughs> "That's disgusting." Did you kiss my my mother? I'm like, I kissed my wife. He's like, "That's disgusting." I know. But you know, you got to adjust for that. You got to get ready for that next phase because it's always going to get a little bit harder. But then it gets better. Then it mm-hmm. gets a little harder, and then it gets better. Yeah, it's always an adjustment. So you do learn in spurts, in a sense. You do, yeah. and then you figure it out, and then you're like, "All right, let's rock this shit around again. See what yeah. happens." You know, we were pretty comfortable. Then we bought the new house and Steph and I, we even said this in a conversation. I'm like, look, let's just not have any mental breakdowns for the first year because we know that first year is going to be an adjustment. Right, right, right. Mortgage is a little bit higher. We're going to spend some more money. On, I, I got, I'm well, getting you my- managed expectations. Nice. Well, I knew. Yeah. I knew. So- A lot of people don't play that way. I'm always- Well, it's because of jujitsu. <laughs> ah, nice. I know that when you introduce something new, it's probably going to suck. Like when you're like, I'm going to learn some heel hooks now. You're probably going to be really bad at them. Yeah, and gonna you're going to get heel hooked a lot. Yeah, you're yeah. going to be. It's going to be. I don't care how long you've been training, you're going to have some bad times. Yep. Same thing. So right now we're getting our stairs redone. Okay. You know, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I had the gentleman come over. He quoted us. I was like, "Whoa, that's a pretty good quote." Then I told my wife the quote, and she goes, "Oh, can he come back?" I'm like, "Why?" She goes, "Well, if that's what it is, maybe we can do a couple other things." I was like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa." I had them under budget. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had them under budget. Yep. And she wasn't wrong. She's right because it's going to look better and we're going to spend it. Her idea was like, if we're going to spend, let's just spend and get it done right. So I'm not always looking at it and like, uh, Louis should have done this. So let's just do it. Be done with it. Right. I'm like, I get it. Where'd you find this guy? I do a lot of Google searching. And <laughs> a lot of reviews. I do a lot of research. Those guys are hard to find, those uh, handy guys. I found He's so far so good. Very nice. So Very far nice. so good. But the stairs are looking good. Awesome. But it's just like, that's an adjustment. Oh, yeah. Because now I don't have stairs. It's only for two days. I actually got trapped upstairs today. Okay. Guy, yeah, because I came home from work and, you know, I'm in real quick. I'm like, hey, guys. I'm like, oh, hello, hello. I run upstairs. 
they forgot I was up there. Oh, no. They stained the stairs, and the guy was like, uh. How'd you get down then? Holy shit. Dude, I had to stay upstairs for like two hours. <laughs> <laughs> Seth came home with the kiss. He's like, are you coming down? I was like, I'm stuck up here. I'm not going <laughs> to ruin it. I can't slide down the banister yeah. so easy. Yeah, so finally I just put on some socks, and I sprinted down the stairs, because they're going to restain it tomorrow. Oh, okay. So like, the hey, second hey, coat. Anything is easy. He'll put another coat, and we'll be all right. <laughs> but like, they forgot I was up there. He's like, uh, Sarah, we, we forgot you were here. They actually had like a Russian accent, but the Spanish accent just makes the story sound better. It really does. So I kept it. Are they better workers if they got the Spanish accent? Listen, I'm gonna I tend tell you, to find listen, that. Roy, I'm going <laughs> to tell you something right now. I'm going to tell you something right now. New yeah. house. We've been there for about six months. I've hired a lot of white guys. Okay. I've hired a ton of them. Okay. Matter of fact, I've only hired white guys. Okay. I've yet to see a white guy come over and do the work. No. <laughs> no, I never, dude. Oh, they're subcontracting everything. Everything. Wow everything right on doesn't matter what it is it gets subcontracted yeah. pool company subcontracted yeah lawn subcontract i've had a paint couple, i've had a couple of whiteies in my uh in my house doing work i've never had one uh the only time i saw a white guy was when it was for the hvac okay hvac yeah. was a white dude you get a guy like justin coming in and uh, yeah. doing the work and let me let me put it this way it was one spanish Absolute dude professional and one spanish dude one white dude and one black dude do you feel a, like you're getting a better work quality out of one particular ethnicity? Yeah, the brown guys. The fr- that's what I'm going to say. Always. They do that shit perfect. That's what Anthony Bourdain said. They he work. said the best cooks in the world are from Latin and Central America. Because they're coming. They're here to work. Yeah. They're not here to bullshit. And they, they pick it up real quick and they, they execute the, uh, the recipes beautifully. Yeah. I always take care of them. Yeah. I was someone like, hey guys, the mini fridge, whatever's in there, help yourself. Grab a snap, look, grab you. a water, whatever you need. Heart of gold. Whatever you need. <laughs> they work. If you keep them happy, they'll work better. Yeah. I forgot what we, oh, when we were getting the doors installed. We had new doors installed and, you know, we went to Lowe's and Lowe's sent some Spanish people. Right. Okay. Of course. I'm, I've, I've figured out the trend. Uh-huh. That's why now when I'm like at Wawa, and I see like a beat up F-150 and it's like oh. three Mexican dudes and it's yeah, like, you absolutely. know, handiwork. I'm like, my man. Let's talk. Let's talk. Because exactly. guess what? That's who Lowe's is going to hire. Trabajo. Yeah. Come on. And they're going to give you a good price yep. and the job's going to get done. Absolutely. It's going to get 100%. done. 100%. Because that's who all these companies hire. Yep. They go to those guys. Mm-hmm. So why not? I'll just cut out the middleman. Exactly. Why pay Lowe's five grand when I can just pay Manuel 2,500? Donzo, bunzo. Absolutely. Anyway, so they were doing the stairs and you know the guy oh, wait, had- get Manuel's number? Yeah, I'll give okay, you up. I need some work. So, uh, you know, the guy had his phone and he was watching the World Cup. He was listening to it. Okay. So my Aunt Rosie was there. She goes, oh, what are, what are you watching? He goes, oh, it's the World Cup. She goes, you want the World Cup? No problem. <laughs> she put it on on the TVs. Ah, oh, beautiful. So when one of the guy was doing the front door, one guy was doing the side door, they had the FIFA going. Ah, oh, beautiful. They were so happy. Yeah. It's not hard to make people happy. Make people happy. Exactly. You'd be surprised how much people are willing and to do And they do a lot more work for you. Absolutely. And they'll do it right. Now, do you tip heavily? I tip, and then here's what I did with the uh, the Spanish. Because <laughs> I'm always wondering, how much do I tip? Like, I'm, I'm having guys bringing over furniture in a week, and I'm like thinking, do I have to tip these guys? 50 bucks. That's what it is. You throw yeah, 50 nothing in. too crazy for bringing in furniture. Okay. Um, when when we move the house, we tip the guys. 100. I usually do 20 a person. Yeah, that works. I would, when we did the moving, I gave the guys 100 each. Look at you. But they were there for like, you know, 10 hours. Oh, okay. That makes sense. But uh, when they were doing the doors, uh, it was a Friday. I went to go pick up pizza for the kids. I brought a pie for the guys. There you go. I was like, guys, large pie. Because now, guess what? Here's here's my mentality, right? 
They've been here since 12. Mm-hmm. It's now 5.30. Hungry. They're hungry. The boys are hungry. So what happens when you get hungry? You want to go home. Mm-hmm. You want to eat. You want to finish the job. I'll tell you what, take a break. Eat yeah. some pizza. Do you think that they... Now you're full, you're going to finish the job right. All right. Do you think that they, like, not expect it, but do you think that most people do that for them? No, I don't actually. Like, what are we talking? Like, one out of five? Like, they're decent with the uh, the whole thing? I've been bad with the percentages every time we've done right. this quiz. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I'm going to say answer. it's low. I'm going to say it's a low percentage. Too. I'm thinking it's low, too. All right. Next thing. One of the things I love about jiu-jitsu is that once you find something that works for you, you can always depend on that. In other words, you used to say that your half guard game was something that you could depend on getting to and working from there. Yes, still do. So I, I think that's one of the things in life as well. Once you find out sort of the modus operandi that works for you, you can always go back to that. Just like in jiu-jitsu. I truly believe not everyone finds that in life though. I absolutely agree. I think some people die never finding out what was their thing. Yeah. It's unfortunate. It really is, but. Uh, you know, finding your purpose is a very important thing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very special thing. If you can find your purpose in this world, you know, a person with purpose is a very difficult person to defeat. Yeah. You know. Because they're operating, dreams. they operate from their strength. It's almost like it's a, it's a higher calling when you believe mm-hmm. that's your purpose. Like you're here for something. Um Tom, Tom DeBlas recommended a book that I read and I read it and it's, he recommends a lot of books and you know, I'm not one of those guys who's going to be like, oh, everything Tom recommends is great. But this one in particular, uh, really I thought was fantastic and it's called Outwitting the Devil uh, and it's written by, I forget the guy's name, uh, Napoleon Hill, same guy who wrote Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, no, that was Kaisaki. No, uh, Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich. Think and Grow Rich. Yes. Close enough. And one of the things that he says in there is that the you know the devil is always trying to deter us from the path, and you know the devil can be anything, the literal form or just you know distractions in the, in this world, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. But he said that the one thing the devil can't can't deter is someone with a purpose, because a person with a purpose is so driven, because it's more than a want, it's more than a desire, it's more than a dream. They truly believe that is what they are meant to do, and once they find their purpose. They will not be deterred. They will not be distracted. Um, But it's a gift. I find that with a lot of people that are religious too. In other words, they know they have their base of faith and they operate from there. And it's really difficult to kind of uh, sway them off their game. It's one of the things that I like about faith. Because they always rely on that and I always have God in my corner kind of thing. It's interesting. And, that's and they're a bunch I, of atheists. I'm sure they roll their eyes with that statement. But goddamn, every every religious person I've ever met seems pretty darn grounded. Because you believe in something greater than yourself. That, yeah. And that's what I think is cool about jujitsu too. The people that stick around realize this has nothing to do with your personal accomplishments. You're a part of something so much bigger. Yeah. And once you start hitting that purple belt, you realize that training's not just about your own progress. It's about something bigger. Yeah. It's about helping people. You know, when I opened up the school, one of the things that, you know, I was asked by Tom was, he's like, you know, why do you want to open up a school? And I was like, dude, you've been telling me for years to open up a school. Why are you asking me this now? So like, what are you doing? He goes, I just need to know why you want to do it. And I said, because I know what this sport has done for me. 
what it's done for me physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, the path that I was on in life and the path that it helped me get back on, the way that it filled the gaps in my soul that it was missing that I thought would never get filled again. I was like, and I don't think I'm unique. I think there are other people that need it, don't realize they need it, and I'm going to give it to them and make it available to them. That's why I want to open up the right. school. Wow. And he said, that's why you should open up. That's really well stated. Seriously. That's what I truly believed in my heart. It's what I really, really believed in my heart. Yeah. You know, that's why when people come in here and they start talking about, you know, you know, it's too expensive. It's this. I'm like, all right, give me a number that you're comfortable with. We'll figure it out. Yeah. You know, take out the trash. Do this. Do it. Like, it's about more than just, you know, having badasses and, you know, promoting black belts and, you know, filling the mats and showing how cool your moves are. It's about so much more than that. To me, you're one part of, the, of a community, you're part of a school community. I, I used to love it when I was working from home and I would like work from here and, you know, the Montgomery cops would come in and hang out for a little bit, right. you know, and people would come in and be like, hey, the cops are always here. I was like, yeah, they like to hang out with Professor Miguel. I loved it when T.O.B. was hurt. And he came here with a cup of coffee just to hang out. Yeah. I love that environment. Right. I love that guys will, you know, finish class or finish work, see the lights on and come in just because they want to see what's going on. Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted. I wanted to create cheers with chokes. I love it. Where everybody knows your name. Yeah. And your game. <laughs> nice. You know, but not every school has that. Yeah, I would agree with that. In fact, that is the primary reason why I left my first school. I just didn't get a sense of community. I'd invite people. It wouldn't get the folks. Just whatever. But I don't find that here, thankfully. No. There's a real community here. Yeah, the hardest one to book here is me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you, you better let me know. February 11th. I'll let you know. I was just talking to Rex about it, too. All right, good. Um, so it is. it is on the table. Got to lock some things down. <laughs> you got nothing doing that night. Come on, you know you. Bro, don't. I don't know if I'm not busy that night. I gotta talk to the CFO. How long is it taking? I don't know. I gotta talk to her. She, bro, we wake up and she's like, "So Saturday." I'm like, "Oh God, here we go." <laughs> now, does she? I am curious. Like, Lainey doesn't like spur of the moment things. She hates that. Is Steph okay with that? Oh, buddy, I don't know when was the last time we did something spur of the moment. Okay, we book up quick. Yeah, Lane hates between. That. Between our families, our our friends, right. social life, jujitsu, mm -hmm. and the kids. I get it. We get booked. Like, we're starting a book for the summer. <laughs> like I, I'm like, only doing this because you said invite me. So I'm inviting you. I, I even said, I was like, I was like, invite me. You might get a no nine out of ten times, but at least I'm invited. <laughs> um, no, the 11th should be a good one. It's the night before the Super Bowl. I'll definitely get back to you. Okay. I know Because I know the next weekend's booked and the week after is booked. Okay, cool. This is the only one that Steve can make, so... Whatever. I'm definitely not going then. <laughs> no, I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to try to get there. I might not be able to bring the staff, but I'll be there. All right. Um, gotcha. Which is probably more fun for me anyway. I say that about my, my brother's wife too. I mean, I love my brother, so I don't want to bust on his wife, but it's like he's so she's such a different person when... Uh... Oh, I'm the exact same person around Steph. Okay. Yeah, I don't switch it up. Oh, all. you don't switch it up? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't switch it up. It actually, it actually shocks people how open I am around her. Like, they'll look at her, like, waiting for her to lose her shit. And they're like, oh, my God, do you hear him? She goes, yeah. <laughs> That's who he is. So then if she doesn't come, then I, I got to just get more people in. Okay, we'll get more guys. Yeah. The only reason they say it'll be more fun is just because now, like, here's the thing. Like, when we do these social gatherings. because I, I wanted truly, to play the newlywed game. 
I just truly oh well see that would be fun she would no like that kidding. I just typically especially with like jujitsu things I feel terrible because it's like everyone wants to talk to me and I gotta give everyone time and she she doesn't get much attention from me okay. and I hate it tell like, the when newlywed her, game's on the table I like it I wanna know the, we're not really newlyweds Roy. We, we got almost well then game. you should win this uh, contest we're pretty good at this over too. Steven Taylor come on oh yeah we're, we're smoking and, Re- and Rex and, and his girl I forget I think her name is Kate very nice woman definitely be in Rex okay <laughs> listen we're we're a fucking we're a very we're a well oiled machine so then you got so the tough one's gonna be me and Pooks yeah you and Pooks are gonna be tough <laughs> we're gonna be tough that's cause you guys have time we got lots of time you have time all right. You're like Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, and we're oh, kind of yeah. like Patrick Mahomes. We got some experience, but that, that guy's That's been tenable. Exactly it. Oh yeah. Doesn't matter how bad the team is, he's dangerous. <laughs> he's dangerous right now. Our marriage is the Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Brady's got more. Tom Brady's played almost a full season's worth of Super Bowls. Yeah, seven or eight games, I think. Ten. As okay, I didn't realize he's got that. ten or eleven Super Bowls. He's won he's lost seven. twice. He's lost thrice. To the Giants. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. It was the Giants twice, and um, who else beat them? They lost to the Eagles. Oh, yeah. What a cheap Super Bowl win that mm-hmm. was. Mm, that bugged me. He should have lost two more. They oh, should have lost, the, lost the Seattle one. They should have lost the Seattle one, yeah. and they definitely should have lost, lost the Ram Falcons. one, too. Oh, oh, oh I forgot. They, they Yeah, the Falcons yeah. one. They should have definitely lost. Yeah. Hey, winners win, baby. That's what they do. Twenty-eight to three. But going into the fourth quarter, astounding. That was wild. I'm glad I got to see that. Thank God for Julian. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I enjoyed that. That was an amazing. That that to me is. I told you that was one of my top three sporting uh, things in my life. Dude, I'll tell you right now. What that that Super Bowl? I, I yeah, I've done I've done this thing where I said, what are the three greatest sporting events you've seen in your life? That was one of my top three. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I forgot what you picked. <laughs> I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I picked like That the was Giants. one of the early podcasts. I think I picked the Giants Super Bowl. Yeah. Um I don't know. Uh, oh Tiger Woods winning the Masters the second time. I listened to that one. I had to pull over okay. and I teared up for that you one. You did okay, you did. All right. Yeah. I love that one too. That's not in my top three, but it's in my top five. The Red Sox winning in two thousand four was in my top three. That was the first time since nineteen oh eight. That they had yeah, won. Not, not, I didn't care. not a baseball guy. <laughs> <laughs> because they didn't do it in 2003 when I was in Boston, and it would have been oh, awesome. Dude, that was such a heartbreaker when they lost to the Yankees uh, well, in 2003. Great, Grady Little left Nomar up there for That's seven what it was. and a quarter innings. Yeah. He should have bowled him in the fifth. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Oh, I know. Because when wow. the Patriots won the Super Bowl that year, they talked about it for about 10 minutes on the news radio. <laughs> and, and then, then they're like, okay, the we got a call. The call is going to say, yeah, what's going on, Bob? Listen, listen. I know it's been a couple months. Congratulations, Tom Brady. But how do you leave Pedro in there in the seventh <laughs> inning? I'm like, are you kidding me right now? Boston fans are different. They're different. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean... <laughs> As a Red Sox fan, going back to 75, I mean, it, there were a lot of hard times. 86 was probably the worst I'd ever seen. Is that the Buckner that year? That was the Buckner year. Buckner. But even that, Buckner gets a bad rap. You guys, like, that didn't end the series. We were ahead in the last in the last game of the series, and we still blew it. But didn't the Red Sox have to play one more game? That's what I'm saying. So, in the, hello. In the seventh game, they, they still lost it. Stop blaming it for one guy. Get over it. I agree. It's a team effort. Although I did, I remember that night really well. I was in... Uh, yeah, who the fuck cares? Uh, the next thing. 
<laughs> They're like, actually, that night. Who the fuck cares? The Red Sox lost, but I won. I did win that night. Uh, all right. The other thing that I love about BJJ, in addition to life, is winning through setting goals. And I always think of your boy Gordon when I think about setting goals. He had such lofty goals. He is, but he's he's such a rare form. And I, I as much as he's like a great example of setting goals, I like to think of honestly, like I, I like to think of you. Okay. I do. Well, because I think I think of you a lot too. I think what you do, thanks, buddy. <laughs> I think what you do is something people can truly look at and be like they can aspire to that. I hope they can. You know, and I tell people, I'm like, listen, you could look at Gordon and be like, I'll never be able to do that. It's like nobody can. Right. Nobody can. Even the people that do what he does can't do what he does. Uh, but now let's look at someone like Roy. Older, established, married, you know, an adult. Just an adult who right. really enjoys doing this and pushing themselves. Made a commitment to getting in here two days a week. No matter what. Two nights set aside mm-hmm. to get in and train. And does, you know, do things come up where every now and then you might miss a week? Yeah, but I, I don't think I've ever missed you for a whole week. No. Maybe you've got to switch a night or something like that. Yeah, but it's very seldom when it happens. Aside from being on vacation, I try and absolutely make it in every single week. week of this week. And it's the same nights. Yeah. You, you've created a routine yeah. where you're not going to deviate and you can fit it into your life. Right. That's setting goals because your goal is to get a black belt okay and you know the path to get there is you have to train and you know you have to train a certain amount so you're like i'm gonna get in twice a week i do have a different goal though just to let you know it's not the black belt it's just to make this a part of my life for the rest of my life and i think i think you have right? i like i i say it to my son all the time i go if i could die with you know hauling up 200 pounds on the bench press at the age of 90 <laughs> i would be a happy guy it's just I just want to be physically active. That would for the be rest very of my life. Impressive if you're benching 200 at 90 years old. Come on, dude! I'm doing close to 300 now. Are you really? Yeah, but it, I have to use a machine because I can't. Okay. Uh, I don't want to take a chance on uh, the uh, rotator cuff, rotator cuff, and this and that. Yeah. So I use machines, but I, you know, I'm tossing a pretty good weight. Listen, I'm slowly getting to that point. You have to. I tried to free weight the you other day on to. the bench. I was like, "Oh, this does not feel. It's good. not good. Yeah." So we'll get back to it. I just got to machines it lock you in, and you know this and that. But yeah. although I will say this, the other night when uh, when you made a video, God, I fucking look old. Jesus Christ! Well, that <laughs> video you got to remember too. It's like we had just finished training. Yeah, everyone's drained. Everyone's sweaty. I did seven or eight minutes with Max, and it's like I was just yeah. fucking drained, dude. I was exhausted that night, and I'd done like you know four four rounds or something, uh-huh. and like Tom messed me. He goes, man. What are you doing with your hair? You look homeless. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I just like, I wasn't like dressed to go out. My hair is a mess. My beard's all over the place. I was like, that's not what I look like 90% of the time. <laughs> you know, Jesus. He's like, I mean, if you want to look like a homeless Neanderthal, you nailed it. I was like, Jesus, I'm going to bed. I was like, I love Tom giving fashion <laughs> advice. Dude. He's like, just, uh, you know, general consensus. People don't know what the fuck you're doing with your hair. I'm like, I think it looks great. Who is asking this question? I don't know. Like he, that would mean Tom is actually taking a survey of people. That was my thing. It's like, bro, it's why, like, why are you why? talking about my hair? Exactly. At Eleven o'clock at night. I'd be more concerned about that. 
<laughs> Tom. I'd be more concerned about people talking about my hair. That is. I'm my... actually flattered there was even a conversation. He is the funny... guy's got a lot going on in his life. He is the funniest guy that doesn't know how funny he actually is. Oh, he cracks me up. He's out of his mind. That's what I'm saying. He's out of his mind. Like when you say he he gets like like revved up when there's some sort of like competition yeah. mode to something, whether it's drinking or whatever. Yeah, he actually. Uh... He threatened to kill me today because he said he loves me. It was interesting. <laughs> he goes, just know, like, when I love somebody, like, that's it. There's only one way him. out. He's like, 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 you imagine if Miguel ever tried to leave? <laughs> He'd be dead. How dare you? I'm like, that's how Tom says I love you. Yeah. He says, if you ever try to leave, I'll kill you. Yeah. Kids be like, it's a you, club you, you can't know, leave. You mean a lot to me. Right. I just want you to know you're special. No, that's not enough. It's like, just so you know. I didn't hear life. It's like, wow, that's very intense. Thank you. I love you too, buddy. <laughs> He's the funniest non-funny guy I've ever like heard. He's hilarious. And I don't even know him that well, but it's like just the stories you tell me. He's he the funniest non-funny guy I've ever known. He cracks me up. He had me tell a story today in one of the group chats. He's like, Miguel, if you have time, can you tell the story? I was like, I will tell the story, but here's another story. I'm trapped upstairs in my house right, right. now. <laughs> I was up there. I was just like, woo. I felt like Rapunzel. Right. Just trapped in the tower. And then Steph called me. She goes, hey, I'm dropping off Juliana before I pick up Benny. And I was like, why? She's like, uh, because it's pouring out. And I'm like, I'm trapped upstairs. Wow. And she's like, how did that happen? And I told her, she goes, <laughs> fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'll just, we're just going to get soaked. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? I'm stuck up here. Yeah. I was just like, I'm losing all <laughs> day. Like I can't marry Poppins at downstairs. Oh, I'm God, sorry. I, wish. I was like, there's no umbrellas up here. <laughs> exactly. Can't do it. Did I ever tell you what Tom said to me after our podcast? Uh-uh. Okay. Um, I thought it was a cool podcast. We got into a lot of really cool subjects and this mm-hmm. and that. I asked him a ton of questions I always wanted to know. And at the end, we were walking outside and he goes up to me and he goes, just, if you ever need anything, give me a call. And <laughs> I swear to God. And I, no one says that to me. Like, no one ever says, hey, man, if you ever need anything, you give me a call. Yeah. It's usually you saying it. It's usually me saying it to yeah. somebody. Yeah. And I just, I didn't know what to say. I just yeah. said, I really appreciate that. That's, you know. Yeah. I know you're genuine about it. I really appreciate it. He is. It. I he know. Is. But it's but also it, scary. That's what I just, what I was getting at. It's like, I kind of. It felt like, okay, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, how deep does that well go? <laughs> that's <laughs> Like, can I get a DVD off your ass? I mean, what are we talking here? <laughs> If I'm down in like that area of the world, would you take me out to dinner? I mean, what are we talking about? That's here? like uh like how far can I run this? <laughs> oh man, what movie is it? It's not a Bronx tale. It might be a Bronx tale. It was a casino, maybe? Where he like rips the dollar bill. Oh, it's a uh, Jersey Boys. Okay, all right. And where he rips up the dollar bill, I he's like, if you ever it. need something. And it's oh, like that okay. dollar bill was like you saying, like, I need something. That's what it was, yeah. It's like if you ever need anything. Yeah. That's you know. So yeah, I, I don't think I ever told you that story. Yeah, he, that's what he said to me. I'll tell you what, but with people like Tom here, and I wanted to say it to him because I want because I, I you know after especially after I read his book, man, I know he's a tough guy, but God damn, he went through hell. Yeah, man. I mean, and here's and I just wanted to like grab him and just say, dude, you know, if you ever need anything, you give me a call. <laughs> Don't you worry, buddy. I know, I, I know, I know. I got everything. But I appreciate it. Thank you. That's the thing. I'm, like, not a lot of people tell Tom, like, hey, if you ever need anything, I got you. Um, and the thing is with people like Tom, it's so unfortunate mm-hmm. 
you know, you get surrounded by a lot of people that just want to take, 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 take. I take, guess take, so, take, yeah. Take. And the problem with someone like Tom is he just keeps giving. Yeah. He can't stop. He genuinely cares. And if he cares about you, like, you know, I I will genuinely say, like, I don't think I've ever asked him for anything. Right. I really don't. I don't want to bother him. Right. Because all I really want from him is his friendship, his mentorship. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. You know, every now and then, if I if I need to vent, just, you know, help me out. Give well, me some he's, a, he's, a, he's such a, a special kind of human being that, you know, you gain something from that friendship. Yeah. You know, most people, you don't gain cool things from. It's not even about gaining, man. Like, he's just, there's so much that he's already done for me without me asking, you know, that... I'm not going to ask for more. I'm not going to yeah. ask for things. You know, I don't tag him in things on purpose. And it's like, it's not because I'm not trying to get him involved. It's just like, I, you do enough. Yeah. You know, you do enough. I don't, I'm not, those I'm not people are so rare that. in life, but he's got a lot of people like that. Yeah. You know, he's got people like that, that, you know, you know, you know, Kenny's a perfect example. Professor Kenny, you know, professor Carlos, these are people like when Tom's needs something, he's like, yeah, I'm there. You know, when they were at worlds, you know, Kenny was training and he noticed that, you know, some of the light bulbs were out in the school. So he replaced the bulbs. Right. He went and did it himself. You know, and that means a lot to Tom. Sure. And people do it, you know, I can only speak for the ones that I know, but they do it because they genuinely care about the guy. Yeah. You know, but that's also why like I'm like I'm like honest. Well, he engenders Tom. that. Like he yeah. he engenders loyalty. hundred percent. You know. You know, not just kissing his ass. But he doesn't loyalty. ask for it. I mean, in a sense he does, but he just engenders that yeah. in people. Like I, I bust Tom's balls. Mm-hmm. I have a podcast where I do impressions of him every week. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and yet I'm still alive. So yes. what does that tell you? I just love the zero to sixty. Oh, bro, it's wild. It's so fun. Like now, it's funny because like I'm old and I've been around for so long. And as long as it's not aimed towards me, it's hilarious. When it's uh-huh. aimed towards me, I'm like, just someone fucking kill me right now. <laughs> like, what the hell did I do? Um, he's just an intense guy. He's very competitive, and that's why he's gotten to where he's at in this world. Yeah. But he's got good people around him, and I'm very fortunate that you know I get You're to one be, of them. Yeah. I'm one of those people that if I ever broke his heart, he'd kill me. <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel very special. Very cool. Very special. I love it. Uh, another thing that uh, BJJ and life have in common, I think you mature in the sport and by based on who you're rolling with. You can continue to roll with white belts, mm. okay? But you mature by testing yourself at a higher level. I'll take that another step further. Go back. You mature in life by testing yourself and pushing yourself to another level. You also mature on the mats when you have those tough rounds. Mm-hmm. You also mature on the mats when you find the right teammates. Yeah, that's a great point. That yeah. push you the right way. And not to sound cheesy, but if you find the right person in your life, you can accomplish a lot of great things. That's what I'm talking about. You know, I I always wanted to have a jiu-jitsu academy and it was something I always dreamed about. And, you know, is it possible that I probably would have had one today? Yeah, possibly. But I truly believe having the wife I have gave me a little extra. It gave me something. Mm. Because I had someone who was the right teammate. Okay. I see I had that, with that. I had that teammate that was like, 
you know, you're good for that tournament. You got this. Let's go. Right, right, right. I'll help you get so ready. So the support level was always there. You need that support system. I'm coming from a different angle, though. I'm talking about, like, like I thought when I wrote this thing down, it reminded me of uh, when I was in sales uh, or, you know, when I had my own business. If you try and sell somebody that does not want to be sold, you're learning things, mm-hmm. okay? And when you do make that sale, finally, you've learned specifically because this guy taught you lessons that you wouldn't get by just, you know, trying to sell to just the, the obvious yes. sales. The easy yes, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it, it's easier to get better at Kimuras when you're doing it on someone who knows how to defend That's a Kimura. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, there's a lot of guys like, bro, I'm ripping. Bro, they call me the armbar king at my school. It's like, <laughs> isn't your school like only 20 people and they're all white belts? And listen, there was a time that we were that school. Right. We were the school with 30 students and everyone was a white belt and everyone thought they were good at stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there was a black belt professor reminding you, hey, none of you are that good. You're just all that terrible. Yep. Now it's a little different in here. Room's a little bit tougher. But you learn through testing yourself. You learn through going through the fire and this and that. I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, what I call uh, certificate uh, black belts that are out there. There's a lot of them. They're they're out there. There's a lot of shitty black belts out there. Yeah. You know, and it's, it is what it is. I'm sure there's people that will tell you that I'm a shitty black belt. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But you're bringing a different aspect of the game. So another thing, uh, and this is, kind of getting to me uh you got to stay consistent and persistent oh i like that life, you know yeah there's nothing that's going to stop me from coming in no i, I don't care if i'm in a car accident <laughs> i'm going to be in in the school because unless i'm on vacation it. of course because you want it i don't know what i want i just know i want to be here that's huge I just want consistency. Call it a completion fetish. I don't know what you want to call it, but I just will. Well, think about it. You know, if if you want to be at home with your spouse, if you want to be with your kids, if you want to be at your job, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier to be successful. Right. It doesn't mean you love it all the time. It doesn't mean you like it all the time, mm-hmm. but you want to be there. Right. Your body feels like shit. You're tired. You know, the kids are driving you crazy. The wife's nagging you, but you want to be there. Mm-hmm. There's nothing worse than when you don't want to be there. <sighs> Man, you said it. That's the worst. Yeah. Whether it's your job, whether it's your marriage, whether it's BJJ. Mm-hmm. You just, you know, there's, there's the whole idea of slogging through it, but damn well, it, man. You'll find you a way really to quit. You really don't want to be there. You'll find a way to quit. Right. With BJJ, you might straight up say, this isn't for me and quit, or you'll do what most people do, and your schedule will suddenly get very busy. Yeah. It's so hard with work. It's so, you'll find a way to not have to be there. Yeah. I agree. And like I said, it could be, it doesn't have to be BJJ. It could be your marriage. It mm-hmm. could be your job, whatever. Yeah. Well, you see, you, you know, go to a local bar. Right. You see guys where they're every night. They found a way to not have to be at home. Mm-hmm. They found a way to not have to be with their wife. You find guys who. And in a weird way, they've made the bar attendance consistent. Yeah. Whether that's good or bad. Because that's where they want to be. That's where they want to be. Yeah. You know, you get guys who just rather be at work because yeah. they don't want to be home. Mm-hmm. You get guys who use all their sick days because they don't want to be at work. <laughs> That's exactly it. They'll yeah. be like, "I'll, I'll babysit my kids all day. I don't yeah. want to go to that shithole." <laughs> I agree. It's wild. Another thing, I love the idea with BJJ as well as in life by you're taking ownership of your own growth. Oh, that's a huge one. You know, I, I always refer to BJJ as a meritocracy in the sense that, like, 
Your growth is based on the fact that you accept the fact that you're going to win and you're going to lose and you're going to be a better person because of that fact. You are taking control of that growth. You know the goals. You know what you got to do to get there. And like you always say, the truth comes out on the mats. So, man, I'm so glad you brought that up. Of course. Especially because something happened tonight. Uh, you know, we have a student, White Belt. She's been training for about six, eight months. Uh, she's been with us for about two or three. Um, and, you know, she had a little bit of a shoulder injury. And then tonight she rolled her ankle. And, you know, I could see that she was frustrated. Now, I didn't see what happened in the roll, so I, I couldn't make right. judgment right away. Right. But I knew who she was rolling with, and I knew they were relatively newer as well. But they've never given me that dangerous vibe. Mm. I don't mean like dangerous, like, you know, they're going to hurt someone. Dangerous, like they're just Like they're getting reckless. good at this. Yeah, right. like, you know, I was like, no, they're pretty controlled. They know what they're okay. doing. Now, typically, you know, and I find this is more common with men. This is a female student. Typically, that person's a dick. That person did this to me. They're mm. trying to hurt me, blah, blah, blah. Ugh. And then you get the people who like don't like it anymore and then they'll quit. Nah, I don't like jujitsu. It's too rough. Everyone's... This person did something different. Mm-hmm. End of class. She comes up to me. She goes, hey, can I ask you a question? I'm like, sure. She's like, I feel like I'm getting hurt all the time. And I'm curious, is it something that I'm doing wrong? Hmm. And I was like, wow. Wow. What a self-aware kind of question. Way to realize, like, wait a minute. No one else is getting hurt all the time. Could it be me? So I said, you know what? Let's look at the tape. Which is always a great idea to look at the surveillance video when someone says that they got hurt or you hurt them. Right, right. Always pull the tape and watch it. Pull the tape, as in the slang translation, pull it to watch it, not pull it to erase it. Right. Uh, As some lawyers would like to argue because they're complete fucking morons and they defend people that get hurt and hurt themselves on the mats by the way not guilty so (laughs) no fault no cause see you later way to waste everyone's life for three years nice reference he's an asshole one day i'll drop his name so um ironically he was i'm never gonna get into it but anyway so uh we pulled a tape and we found the moment where she like she, she like yelped she was like ah we found that moment right. and then we saw what it was and she went for a guillotine and she stepped up the wrong side foot. Okay. So typically, you know, head, step up the opposite side foot so you can fall through all that false stuff. Uh, she stepped up the wrong foot and she didn't plant it. She actually kind of went on her tiptoes. So when she fell back, Ooh. she rolled her own ankle. Oh God, yeah. So I watched it. She goes, I pulled him onto me. I was like, yep. I was like, you did it. She's like, so what could I have done? I was like, step the other foot. I was like, and even if you step the wrong foot, never plant it on your toes. Yeah. Plant your foot flat so when you fall back, you roll your heel back right. instead of rolling over your toes. She's like, I can't believe I did that. I was like, I'm actually impressed that you had the wherewithal. Love it. To say, maybe it's me. Yeah. I was like, because How guess self-aware. what? self-aware. I was like, because in this amazing. situation- it was you. I was like, but now that you know it's you, it gets that bad taste out of your mouth. It gets that jujitsu's dangerous feeling. And it's like, okay, I can fix what I'm doing wrong. Right. To prevent that from happening. And it lets you come the next day. But that's exactly what you're saying. You're responsible for your own, you know, progress. You're your responsible for your own growth. Yep. She could have walked out here and be like, you know what? 
that guy's a dick. I'm tired of getting hurt. Fuck, I'm, I'm not doing it anymore. Yeah. Instead, she's like, I'm tired of getting hurt. Let me find out why. I guarantee she's going to be here and get her blue belt. That's what she wants. She wants her blue belt. She'll get it. Right. And if she keeps making adjustments along the way, she'll get her black belt. That's beautiful. Especially if she has the mindset she had tonight, which is like, what did, is there something that I did wrong? And that's not just growth on the mats. And that's something that's dying all over with this generation. Zero accountability. Zero. Yeah. Well, we spent about an hour talking about that. Yeah, so. <laughs> we did. Yeah, we did. We're at the hour 41 mark now. All right. I got a game for you. Let's go. All right. This is the Gen Z game. What what generation am I? I thought I was a millennial. You are not a millennial. You are a Gen Y. No, no, Gen X. Am I a Gen X? Yeah, I'm the be- I'm the very beginning of Gen X and a baby boomer. Uh, are you? Maybe you're millennial. Uh, I'm a millennial. Gen X go. is 65 to 80. I was gonna say yeah. Gen Z is the new kids. Gen Z is the new ones. Yeah. So this is Gen Z. Oh God. All right. Here we go. This is Gen Z slang. I'm going to do it. I got this. Okay. I'm him. All right. There are 20 questions. 20 questions. Holy shit. What does drip mean? Drip is like your clothes that you're wearing, like the cool stuff. Cool style. Yeah. There you go. Number two, what does caught in 4K mean? Caught in 4K, I'm saying that the you got caught doing it, that it's so clear, it's so evident that there's no way You got caught red-handed. Yeah. Absolutely. I like that one, actually. I don't know how to pronounce this. Chuji? Chugi? What? You're definitely messing this <laughs> up. C-H-E-U-G-Y? No idea. All right. It means things that are not popular. Oh, God. Okay. Chugi? I don't know. Uh, it's slang, though, so it might not be even slang anymore. I know. Might have had like two, three weeks, and then it went away. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's a simp? Uh, a simp is like a weak male. There you go. Yeah. A bitch male. Yeah. Uh, what is sending me? mean sending me yeah you're sending me i have no idea it means you're really funny like sending you to space sending you to the grave know. you're I'm sending dead. me you're fucking funny as hell dead okay <laughs> next going. one what does yeet mean y-e-e-t yeet uh no idea i hear throw it all the time, something though. away i don't know what that means oh god i think that's wrong throw something away idea. fast i'm sorry i misread it oh god all right keep going uh, These kids are idiots. <laughs> he ate. A-T-E. Is that like they fell? No. I mean, he looks great. No. No. There's no way. Keep going. This is my favorite one right here. Okay. And I don't even know if it's Gen Z because this, this is just such a great one. What does 666 mean? Oh, God. I don't even want to play with that. Okay. <laughs> this is women speaking. Oh, six figures. Six feet tall there you and go. at least a six inch cock. There you go. Six, six, six. What a cool fucking slang that is. It's terrible. Six feet, six inches, and six figures. At least six inches. There you go. Yeah. I happen to be one of those people. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what is a thirst trap? Oh, thirst trap is like when you post a picture or a video and it's meant to get people to look at you. There you go. A hot yeah. photo. 
Yeah. All it's right. thirst trap. I hope all my fellow baby boomers well, you see all are these, listening to this. Dude, girls do it all the time where it's like, you know, every day my mind is like the ocean and it comes crashing down, but it brings a blissful peace. Blessed for a new day. And then the picture is them touching their toes with their assholes spread apart. It's like that has nothing to do with the ocean. You just want me to look at your butt and hit the exactly. double tack. Like people really love my poetry. No, they don't. No, they don't. They love your ass. Yeah. Post that same poem with a picture of the ocean. Guarantee you get a third of the likes. <laughs> Fuck out of here. All right. What does, you're up to number 10 now. What is clap back? Clap back is like when someone says something, you say something right back to them. You right don't stand You down. fire back quickly. Yeah. Okay. That's an old one, by the way. What is to drag someone? Uh, to put them in a dress? No. <laughs> to roast someone, to no. make fun of them. Well, I was kind of going with you know, the theme. I know, the whole beginning. Number that. 12. What is leaving someone on red? Oh, that is very offensive. I think this is amazing. That is when someone texts you uh-huh. and you can see on Instagram or Instagram, it says that it was red, mm-hmm. but you never reply. Right. It's like just a blatant slap in the fucking face. Yep. Say, I'm not even going to... I'm not even going to respond to you. <laughs> you and I both know that I read it. I'm not even doing it. And sometimes I've done that myself. It's like, two left them on red. Yeah. It's like, what? It's like, oh, yeah, let them know I saw it. There you go. Number 13. What is Finsta? Finsta. I feel like I should know this. Yeah, I'm surprised remember. you don't know this one. Okay. Oh, let me take away the F. What do you think Insta like Instagram is there. It, you go. Oh, Finstagram's like a like a fake Instagram account. Bingo. There so it like is. you have like your main account, then you got your Finstagram. Right. Yeah. Finsta. Number fourteen. Catch these hands. Oh, it's like when you threaten someone to fight. There you go. It's a fight. Uh, here's one you even brought up tonight. Take the L. Take the L. Take the loss. Gotta take the loss. I think that's an amazing slang. Yeah. All right. What is a fuck boy? Fuck boy is like. The best way to explain it is you like, know these things. It's like the it's equivalent, of like, it's like the equivalent of like a douchebag. Okay. Kind of sort of. It's like a real pretty boy. It says heavy flirter. Yeah, it's a fuck boy. He's like a douchebag. He's like good looking, flirts with every single girl, but like he's never going to be anything serious. Right. He's meant for just, you know, fucking fuck boy. There you go. How do you, I mean, you know a lot of these things, which is really weird. I didn't know like. I stay hip to the streets, bro. I'm not hip. I'm cool. I listen to hip hop. <laughs> I'm not hip. Uh, number 17, what is slaps? I don't know if you're going to get this. Like that slaps? Yeah. Um, I want to say it's like something tastes good. Something great. Yeah. A slaps. All right. What is a bop? A bop, B-O-P? Yeah. Um, no idea. A really good song. I like that song, bop. It's a bop. I don't yeah. believe that. I don't know. I think it's uh, one of your words. What is the CEO of? You are the CEO of bop, bop, bop. I don't know. The boss? Yeah. Nail the character trait. You're like, you actually have that down. That's wild. Yeah. You going to use sucks. any of these things, by the way? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to think. You're leaving someone on red. I know that. I use take the L. <laughs> I use uh, left on red. I've heard you say drip. I use drip. I've never heard you say quote in 4K. No. I've heard you use the phrase simp. I'll tell you another one. Catch these hands. That one's also been switched up to now catch the fade. Okay. And what does that mean? It means the same exact thing. Okay. Yeah. It's like, yo, that guy's going to catch this fade. Got it. Uh, and the last one, number 20. This is a, I, Even I got this one. AF. 
as fuck. There you go. Cool as fuck. Cool as fuck. Woke AF. Okay. Uh, and now we're 48. Before I get to the three favorite things, I wanted to give you a fun fact just to get your thoughts on this. Hit me with it. 1950. Mm. The average male was five foot eight, weighed 166 pounds. Tiny men. Okay. Sounds like me in seventh grade. <laughs> Could be. Actually, yeah, eighth grade. I was five eight one sixty five by the end of eighth grade. Two thousand twenty. Average male, five foot eight. How much do they weigh approximately? It used to be how much? Used to be one sixty six. I'm gonna go two oh five. No, not that much. Five eight? Two oh five. Yeah, I'm going fat. No. One eighty four. Hmm, okay. Let's talk about women. Nineteen fifty. The average height of a woman was five foot four. Mm. They weighed 135. Mm. What is the average weight now of a five foot four woman? It used to be what, 135? Yep. I'm going to go 177. Close, 168. That is an unhealthy person. Five foot four, 168. <clears throat> it's not as unhealthy as you would think if they're doing oh, no, it the man. right way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they have musculature. They're muscular, like just women in general are thicker. That's what so I'm saying. The, so are the guys, but that's not all because of just like eating shitty. Bro, I went to a high school football game not too long ago. Those kids were animals. Big kids, yeah. They're monsters. It's the hormones in the food. Could be. Could it's be. It's all the genetically modified food. Because guess what? In 1950, you know, food was just called food. You know yeah. what the food from the 50s is called now? Organic. Yeah. You know, they show the chickens what they look like in 1950 versus yeah. what they look like now. So now you got to figure you're pumping them with steroids. You're yep. pumping them with all these nutrients. You're pumping them with all these preservatives and extra. Right. Now you're eating that. Oh, it's going to have effect on you. Mm-hmm. It's going to make some monsters out here. Absolutely. It's going to make it, some but, monsters. But what I was going to say is that we do seem to be living longer, though. So So we're doing something right. Doing something right. Yeah. It could also just be medicine. Yeah. Could be. You know, before you had high blood pressure, you just have to have a stroke. <laughs> now they give you medicine. Cholesterol was high. You're just going to have a heart attack. Now right. it's like, we're going to work on that. Right. That's exactly it. All right. Here's the big question. What are your three favorite Disney movies? Go. Ooh, jeepers. I'm going to suck at this one. I figured you're all over this with your kids no, being so into Disney. Yeah, my kids are into Disney, but it's going to be a little difficult. Three best Disney movies. All right, um, I'm not going to put them in order, but I am just going to pick three. I'm going to go with Moana. I've never even seen that one. Oh, I love it. I Is really it? do. I'll have to yeah. check that out. You know what I like about the Disney movies nowadays? They're really getting rid of that like damsel in distress. Okay. I'm going to wait for Prince Charming to kiss me. They're making some strong women. Yeah. You know, Moana said, screw this. I'm going to go out into the ocean. I'm going to grab that guy, Maui. Also, the whole story behind Moana, they're trying to get the heart of Tafiti or Takiti, whatever her name is. And uh, you find out that Maui stole her heart. By the way, the legend, Maui stole her heart by traveling up her legs. True story. And really what that whole movie's about is if you piss off a woman, she'll fucking ruin the whole world around you. Well, there you go. I think. Uh, and it wasn't until the very end where she got her heart back. Oh, there you go. I've never seen that one. It's a good one. All right. It's a really good one. All right. What's your second? Number two, I'm probably going to go with... Um, I'm going to go with The Sandlot. It's a Disney movie. You didn't say Disney cartoon. Oh, okay. You're right. That's a good point. Go I with didn't. The Sandlot. All right. That's cool. That's one it's of the great classic. ones. That's a classic. Especially the uh, the uh, pool scene. Oh, my the God. The kids kissing the uh, lifeguard. 
he don't know what he's doing. Oh, he knew exactly what <laughs> Right. <laughs> waxing and oiling. Oiling and waxing. <laughs> Michael squints Palidores. Um, so that's one. That's two. Number three, Disney movie. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I want to go with a classic. I am. I'm going to go with the classic. I'm going to go with an oldie but a goodie, my generation. I don't think it can be denied. Toy Story? Nope. Wow. Not going Toy Story. I figured you would go there. I'm going with The Lion King. <laughs> okay. Oh, what a fantastic story. When, when the father dies, though, I mean, that's freaking heartbreaking. Was it? That's when I, <laughs> was it? <laughs> that's, when I started, that's when I started cheering for Simba. That's when I grew up. That's when I was like, oh, come on, Simba. Let's see how tough you really are without your daddy. Very good. Well, there you go, bud. Yeah, I like it. Just Plus, under two hours. There's a lot of theories about that movie, too. <laughs> oh, yeah? There. Yeah. It's going to be definitely under two hours, because i got to take some parts out of this. Alrighty. got to take a couple things out. But uh, nothing too crazy. You know what's going to happen? I'm going to do an hour 53. Yeah, I'm going to leave that part in. People are like, what did you take out? I'm like, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah. Not for your ears. Um, I will say this. In the time we've been doing this podcast, I've probably only removed like four minutes total. I was going to say, I don't think the only time I, when I actually ask you to take it out, and I don't think I would do that now. And I didn't. I, I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know take how. that out. Oh, you didn't? Okay. No. All right. No, I didn't take Tom, that out. when I said I was coming out of the closet, I didn't think it was no. necessary. No. Um, yeah, I took out I took out a couple seconds, probably even less than four minutes, to be honest with you, but yeah, I'm going to take one little point. Was it yours? It wasn't because I've only asked you to take out one thing, and now that I know that you didn't take it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't take it out. I'll have to give it, I take it out. Um, I took out like two things of mine, once very early on, and then like one thing like two, three weeks ago. I was going to ask you to take out the part where I called Paul an anti-Semite, but. Nah, we left it in there. By the way, Paul is not an anti-Semite. Not at all. Uh, He's actually a fan. Just being very funny. He is one of my favorite people in the world. He's an I awesome love him dude. Are you kidding me? Love him. He's so great. Yeah, and and the great thing about him is that he put aside the whole cop thing. Yeah. And, and I don't mean like he left the cop thing. I'm just saying you don't get the sense from him. Like sometimes I talk with cops. I get the sense both in real life and in the job. They're cops. Yeah. He is just... He's just a great guy. I'll tell you what. He was one of the first cops to start incorporating jujitsu into the department. Mm-hmm. You know, like before it started becoming a trend, he was bringing me in right. to help train with his guys and be like, listen, like they need to learn this. So no it was doubt. very, you know, very uh, forward thinking, but he's great. He's retired now. And yeah, uh, yeah we see him here all the time. He's one, one of the better people on the planet. Yeah. Well, always a fun time, Roy. You betcha, baby. Right. We'll Do talk it. to you guys next week. Episode 56, the Lawrence Taylor episode.